The Flash, DC's speedster hero, stumbled at the box office. And that stumble, that crash, might just be the straw that broke the camel's back for Warner Brothers Discovery as it relates to this whole superhero thing. It's amazing just how bad this flop of The Flash really is. And we're going to talk about it because the news came out this week. I don't know if you guys saw, but the news came out this week that Warner Discovery is looking to sell uh, half a billion dollars worth of their film and television catalog, which includes Batman movies, from what I read. I read it was just the music, which was weird. Whoa, the Water Tower. Um, yeah, yeah, I was reading like it includes the Dark Knight um, soundtrack, which is like what? What? It sounds like you're 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 broke and you're just trying to sell. You're doing a garage sale right now. <laughs> it it feels like a fire sale. Yeah, yeah, it does. Um, I remember before Fox was sold or before the deal with Disney, uh, they sold their um film and television rights if i remember correctly well i guess that was to disney and all they kept was the the news channel and whatnot um i'm wondering how far this goes with warner discovery but the flash didn't help the flash didn't help warner's big problems we've talked about how much debt they're in and a movie like this that could make you know, a superhero movie with Batman in it, you know, Michael Keaton, it could make almost a billion, not even sniffing those kinds of numbers. Yikes. I, I was reading yesterday, I get discussing film uh, tweet alerts, um, and the drop-off for the second weekend is looking like 75%. Whoa, are you yeah. serious? Yep. Jesus. Yeah. That's bad word of mouth. It's bad word of mouth because, quite frankly, you know, look at what we said about the flash. Kale gave it a zero. You know what I'm saying? Like, but, but yes, but <laughs> I also think that a lot of people are giving it very, very low scores. Um, and none of us liked it. I don't know. Well, Marco, you weren't on the review. How did you feel about the movie? Um, I thought it was passable. Okay, it worked. Let's let's go with that. I like that. Let's go with passable, right? Is passable enough for a movie anymore that costs, you know, in the in the conversation of, you know, $200 million, $300 million. Uh, I I think the using again, using passable, I think for the cost and its return, no. You want to make minimum 3, 4x on your film. And I think in addition to it being passable and what it needed to do as a film, I think also hurt it. Where it wasn't of the you know, best quality. I think some of the things worked for me, not everything did. And so... 
uh, I think for what it needed to be as a film in the DCU, DCFU slot, uh, it needed to do more than what it's been delivering. Uh, so yeah, this isn't, I know it wasn't on the review, but this isn't, uh, this is not good. Your review sounds like, yeah, this was a movie. Like that's what <laughs> my, my review is I didn't have the same kind of like CGI issues and stuff. And uh, I, I saw that's been a big piece of the conversation. I think I agreed with a lot of your guys' notes, but I might not have been as harsh on it, but that is not requisite for a successful film out of, and what, uh, what Warner Brothers needs out of the Flash? I I personally don't think they knew what they needed out of the Flash. I mean, they knew no. what they needed out of the Flash in terms of money and in terms of what it like sure. service to the larger you know narrative, but mm. whether or not that's executed, right? That's no way. I, I think agreed. I don't. I think they needed this to be a, a money maker. It was nine years in development. Um, it was a mess all around. Uh, but I, I mean, don't think they fully understood where it stood as its place in their greater scheme of things. Do, I don't even know if this made enough money to cover Ezra's like legal costs. You know, like are, are we still paying <laughs> these lawyers? Like, what's going on here? Like, how much do we know? How much it made it has made so far? Let's talk numbers. So, the Flash was indicated to open with a hundred million dollars in April. Still kind of low. It is low. Um it is absolutely low. And you know, we started to hear the conversation about Tom Cruise. We started to hear about how this was <laughs> David Zaslav said at CinemaCon, this is the greatest superhero film I've ever seen. Um that is crazy. Then we started to hear about Tom Cruise. The Hollywood the Hollywood Reporter says the following. The powerful executive, David Zaslav, could have easily kept a poker face and distanced himself from The Flash considering it was made by the previous regime. Instead, Zaslav bet on it as if it were his own. That included arranging for Tom Cruise. Again, I'm going to read that again. Arranging for Tom Cruise. Savior of cinema. So no more of this narrative, at least not. I, I, The Hollywood Reporter, they always do a great job. I buy it. Same. No organically, uh, no more of that or idea that Tom Cruise organically needed to see The Flash and then called to rave about it. So that included arranging for Tom Cruise, who was still basking in the afterglow of Top Gun Maverick, to watch the movie with his positive reaction becoming a talking point on the press tour. Zaslav's newly installed DC Studios co-chief and top lieutenant, James Gunn, also trumpeted The Flash, although he tempered his remarks, saying in January it is, quote, probably one of the best superheroes superhero movies ever made. Okay. Then, <laughs> then, once we got a little closer to release, we started to see numbers like 70,000 as the projection. Then, which is soft. That's already soft. Yeah. Then when it actually opened, we're talking about $55 million Oof. from June 16th to June 18th. So that weekend period from Friday, I guess that doesn't include previews, from Friday to Sunday. Um, and then when you take in 
the full four day, uh, they made seventy million for the four day Juneteenth holiday weekend. For context, fifty five point two million, which is more than the Flash, is what Watchmen made. Wow! In in, in what year? Uh, Watchmen movie came out in what two thousand nine, two thousand ten, somewhere yeah, in high school. Yeah, okay. Which is wild um, if you take it into flight of like inflation and stuff. Sure. Yeah. And then, but guess what? There's a movie that we're going to talk about that did better than that. Green Lantern. <laughs> Generally assumed to be, if if not the worst movie in DC's catalog in terms of like the last you know few decades, it's up there. And that movie made $53.5 million, not adjusted for inflation. It's interesting how, um, what was it? BBS. I remember the narrative around BBS being similar in the sense of uh, we're kind of wishy-washy about the film. We don't know whether people want to go see it. I mean, But that made it through because people stuck out for a batman for a superman and we're willing to yeah i wasn't great but i'm gonna go watch it kind of thing and like that was the narrative but this is the flash who's well comparatively like lesser tier like like not part of the trinity a little bit of like that lesser tier for maybe more general audiences and then uh on top of that the ezra of it all to to not still show up, even those fanboys, is interesting. BBS is going to sell no matter what. It's, it was the first time Batman and Superman were on film together. Like, yeah, it yeah. doesn't matter. It's going to sell. Um, your title is Batman versus Superman. You know, it wasn't Man of Steel 2. Um, so I don't know if that's an apt comparison. But, like, think about it. When was um, when did Justice League come out in theaters? That would have been... 2017. 2017. Totally. And then we had the HBO Max Justice League Snyder Cut. Uh, which was 2019 or 2020? 2021. 2020. 2020. Yeah, yeah. So what is this? Six years since we really saw Ezra in theaters before as The Flash? Like, there's no heat. You know, it's too long. That's true. And The Hollywood Reporter actually made an interesting point that I didn't consider. Uh, And it was in relationship to, you know, what could have caused this bomb. Uh, and I, I love the the DC postmortems because they're always so interesting. The Black Adam postmortem was phenomenal. And and with this, you know, the Hollywood reporter said, hey, yeah, Ezra had a lot of legal trouble. How much did that hurt this movie? And they asked analysts and they said, you know what? Probably not that much because the re- the reality is Ezra is not a a, a star. Yeah. Ezra Miller is not a Hollywood star in the sense that when you put Ezra's name on the marquee, that's not automatically something that makes people come to the theaters. It's not as if we're talking about, you know, you talk about Batman versus Superman. That movie had Ben Affleck in it. And regardless of anything, there are people who absolutely adore Ben Affleck. They're huge fans of Ben Affleck. Uh, Wonder Woman had Gal Gadot in it. Gal Gadot has become a, a, a star. Ezra hasn't really done anything. And maybe it's unfair to judge on that level because realistically, as Tyler pointed out, The Flash has been in development hell for a very, very long time. This movie has been in development, active development, over the course of three 
different regimes at DC. Three. The Hamada regime, the uh the 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 Del Luca Abdi regime, um, and the current one that it came out under, the Zaslav, uh James Gunn, you know, Peter Safran regime. So how do you make a good movie come out of a situation like that where you don't even have a star? The actor that you do have is a is a terrorist. Uh, you're dumping good money after bad. And the the end credits, or not even the end credit scene, the, the end of the movie, right? Which we're, I mean, I don't want to, for anybody who might still want to see it, I guess, we'll avoid spoilers about that. But that scene was redone in every regime. Yep. Because it served a different purpose every time. That's not... That's not filmmaking to me. I understand that there are things you have to do, and I'm not Marvel. Marvel has their like stuff too, but is this is this filmmaking? Is this the kind of movie making that's going to produce hits? And and all the buzz that surrounded it, like oh, best superhero movie of all time, and coming from anyone that works at WB, honestly, it reeked of we need people to see this movie. <laughs> we need to make money on this. Yeah, it reeked of like. Yo, you sound broke as hell right now. Um, even James Gunn, like I, and I think the James Gunn thing also kind of throws a wrench in it because it's like, where does this stand? Because I, I know they have this movie and it tries to justify multiverse and stuff, and then we still have Aquaman coming out and Blue Beetle is apparently somewhere within all of this. Um, yeah, they're rebooting everything. Like yeah. I guarantee you, it's a hard reboot. Well, but, it's but- not. It's not we are. Right. We know it for a fact. James Gunn also said, though, this is the greatest superhero movie of all time. Like, okay, you're right. But put I that aside <laughs> for a moment. There are some things we know are true. For example, Amanda Waller is still played by Viola Davis. Sure. Mm-hmm. sure. That's, that's a complete fact. We know that there is some overlap outside of Viola Davis within the Suicide Squad, right? So that makes it so that we know that there are certain things that are carrying over. The degree to how much is up in the air, but something that we can probably all agree with, at least I don't see this any other way, they're not bringing Ezra Miller along for the ride. I got it. I got to think Ezra Miller is some kind of Nepo baby. Like, with all the the <laughs> the urge to, like, keep, keep them in this movie, the fact that the only other movie they were in previous to this was the... Um, uh, uh, Harry Potter spinoff movies. Uh, right. They were kind of a bad guy. That another Warner Warner movie. So I'm like, what what's going on here? <laughs> why why do people want this guy uh, or, or or them to to really be important? Uh, it's it's trying to make fetch happen, and I don't think I don't think it worked out for them. Is is there an expectation that Ezra will not continue? Because it seems already coming back for a a Flash two. I can only imagine we're still in that transition period of this regime to James Gunn. Like, you sweet summer child. Let me tell you <laughs> yeah. something. Ain't no Bro, flash too are, we not, are we not locked in? Like, <laughs> David, David is Aslav and James Gunn. And, you know, from my outside perspective, have to be very embarrassed by this. Yeah. David Zaslav put his whole ass into trying to save this movie. And, you know, give him a small bit of credit, a small bit, because he canceled Batgirl and that sucked. 
But I felt like that was a reasonable business decision. Saying that The Flash is the greatest superhero movie you've ever seen murders your credibility. It, <laughs> it does. It kills your credibility. I don't believe you now. James Gunn saying that this is one of the greatest superhero movies he's ever seen. I don't trust you now. That was dumb. They should have let the movie come out and do whatever it was going to do. Don't. It doesn't reflect on anybody that's that's there now. They weren't a part of this. Yeah. Let it be what it's going to be. Dump the whole thing after. Yep. Don't stand on this on this movie because it's bad. It makes you look bad. It and I think Aquaman releasing after it complicates things too. And we know it wasn't even supposed to. Yeah. And that's insane. Yeah. How is there more after this? <laughs> how does how do you get a clean cut with Aquaman that the Flash in a multiversal movie couldn't do? You can't. And you want to know? There's no way. It was it was because of the the weirdness with Michael Keaton and Ben Affleck and all this Batman garbage and who's gonna be where and it didn't make any sense that uh I mean Michael Keaton's appearance in in uh, Aquaman got cut because of the fact that they had to switch the release schedule um and put Flash of uh, before Aquaman so it just didn't nothing made any sense anymore so this is like. This is this is awful. This is completely awful. I hadn't even considered that that now whatever they say after this, I don't know that I can trust to the same degree because I've been gung-ho about uh the James Gunn stuff that's coming out, but to that point, if they're willing to say this and rest their laurels on this film, do I trust how 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 trusting can I be of their descriptions of these other movies and my expectations therein? Exactly. Damn it, Sean! I was excited. For what? I, I'm I'm still I'll, I got I got to admit I'm still kind of excited for what James Gunn has in store. Like I think in my in my head, uh, whatever Superman, uh, what is, what is it called? What's a Superman movie called? Oh, Legacy. Legacy. Yeah that that seems that's like that's Iron Man for the DCU in my head. Um, yes, and I'm excited to see what goes on there. Um, they got a, they got a, they got a tangled web of spaghetti right now that they're dealing with, um, and I don't know how they do that. The thing is, Marvel slate got pushed back like crazy, so right. I think DC should be smelling the blood in the water right now uh, and trying to fill that that gap with James Gunn stuff. Like they have an opportunity here, but like right now, it's just like oh boy. It's 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 unbelievable. I'm so I'm so uh I'm so shocked by by all of this. But then again, I'm not because it's yeah. DC. <laughs> uh let's let's hit a couple of comments before we get a little deeper into this conversation. Uh hello everybody. I love to see all you beautiful people, all the great uh all the great chatting going on. Um Let's see. Class of Ulysses with the hottest take that there's no one there's oh. no one who's gonna say something that's gonna blow my mind as much as this. So classy have a no prize. Classy Ulysses says, not gonna lie, bold take, but I love the flash, and it's better than across the spider verse. Hot take. Hot. Should burn my ass. 
How could you? How could you? I don't mind a hot take. It's nice and early. It's a little, a little, little, little chilly out yeah. today. I could use get it. us going. Yeah. Uh, Ricardo Gonzalez. Hello. Welcome. Do you all think it should have been released in the first place, given everything that was expected in response to Ezra? Uh, yes. I think that releasing the movie is the smart thing to do. Get it out there. Mm-hmm. Uh, you paid for it. Let it do whatever it's going to do. Um, and then, and then that's it and move on. I think yeah. that's the only way forward. It's the only thing you can do at this point. Uh, <clears throat> like th- there's too much investment here to put aside. You can't not do it, you know? It, and honestly, we're online. We are online folk. We are, we are tapped in. The, I would say 90% of the other viewers had no idea. Yeah. It's, 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 it, it, it would make sense to us to, to boycott it, but yeah, the, the average viewer does not barely knows who Ezra Miller is. You know, he's not a star or they're not a star. If there's, if this was like Ben Affleck doing stuff like this, then yeah, people would know it's Ezra. It doesn't, doesn't work that way. Yeah. So, all right. The flash came out. It did poorly. It like, by my sort of like napkin math, this movie is gonna it, like it's it's struggling to make back the investment at this point. Yeah. Um, that's that's not a great sign, and superhero movies can no longer be like this. This even even, and this is just me, but even the like if you divorce it from comparing it to like. Some of the greater, you know, movies we've seen, even just from DC, right? The Batman, Joker, you know, quality movies, in my opinion, Zack Snyder's Justice League, Aquaman, number one. If you don't compare it to that, it still feels like a superhero movie from a from a like a couple of decades ago. Um that that is not good. And DC has to do better. What are we missing out on because of the Flash's bomb? Well, apparently, we missed out on a Batman Beyond movie. So there were rumors that we talked about uh, a couple of times here on the show that DC was actively trying to make a Batman Beyond movie. In fact, I believe they hired Christina Hodson to write the Batman Beyond movie. Um, Rad. And it was going to, uh, allegedly it was going to star Michael Keaton in the Bruce Wayne role. That's right. Yeah. Um, that's something that we talked about. Um, Kevin Smith talked about that recently uh, on his podcast. Uh, he said, I was hoping that it did better than it did because Michael Uslan's kid said that if the movie did as well as the Batman, one one of the next Batman movies they're going to make is Batman Beyond with Michael Keaton. So I said, oh my God, now I hope this movie makes a lot of money. So that's something, again, that we reported on. So for Kevin Smith to be talking about it now uh, adds a little bit of credibility to it. I'm way sadder that we're not getting that uh, than how this Flash movie performed. I really, really want a Batman Beyond movie with, with uh, Michael Keaton as Bruce Wayne. Um... I don't know if I do. Um, I don't know if Batman Beyond 
works outside of nostalgia and what it is. Like, like it, it works for us, sure. But how do you tell the Terry McGinnis story when you're dealing, like, you know, when we're dealing with, you know, other Bruce Wayne Batmans? I understand when you can have multiple Bruce Waynes because the story's the same. Um, but how do you go about telling that? Um, I don't know. And it's also like I a not. dated version of the future. I don't, I don't know. I just, I, I, I'm just not sh- convinced that Batman Beyond doesn't work outside of it being nostalgia for the cartoon show. Why? It's a, it's a, that, I mean, it's a, it's a story baseline. You take the concept and you can, you can do whatever you want with it. I don't think there's literally any idea that you can't use and make better. I'm if thinking the writing's of, uh, there. The, 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 the white knight verse. They just, uh, Sean Gord, Gordon Murphy, uh, in between signing leases, um, uh, <laughs> just redid that story yeah i I guess i guess um it's in my head i I get stuck with the whole like real cheesy uh future like uh oh the shocking thing like it's just it it seems dated in my head but i i guess you're right i guess you're right atomic hound says zaslav on the investors call dc is on the on the auction block (laughs) hey it's not impossible but we'll talk about the possibilities of that a little bit later yeah um, it simply does not make sense to have multiple Batman in the big screen, uh, from, uh, top, normally top lane. Um, I, why, why not? I think three is excessive. Three to four is excessive, which is kind of what we, we've been getting. But also I think audiences are kind of like used to it. I don't yeah. think that's as big of a deal as it used to be. I think, I don't think that there's anything about the flash content wise in terms of literally who appeared or anything like that that would cause audiences to not go or be confused or anything i think we're really talking about a mixture of a quality issue uh, a lack of star power on the the headliner confusion regarding the wider dc stuff like what the hell even is all this anymore and by the way bad feelings about the prior regime yeah henry s on, on tiktok right on tiktok he said uh i disagree with batman that batman beyond live action i would have the same problem of being released without build-up yeah like i don't think you can start build you, you can't do these uh kooky spinoffs unless you have a, a good core you know what i mean oh well that yeah. yeah that's that's absolutely true yeah for sure um uh I, no i i just think just to i agree with your Last point there, you know, all these things culminated into this film flopping to this degree. And realistically for me, it's okay. Now, are you going to bring me back? Or like, am I going to come back? Because Aquaman's coming up. I'm not particularly. I'll go see, uh, which we call it blue, blue beetle, but I'm not, I'm not, yeah, but I'm not like jazzed about it. You know what I mean? I'm not, oh, I'm out here. I'm, I'm excited. And uh, the same with Aquaman. I, Aqu- I, I really like the first film. I think he's a cool character, but now this just brings me down on watching a DC film. So for the question is whether or not the next slate is as, as in, is going to be enjoyable. Yeah. Well, let's, let's stick on Blue Beetle for a moment because Blue Beetle is next up. And Blue Beetle has 
from what I can tell, solid uh general like conversation around it, internet conversation. Yeah, good buzz. Um, people are seeming to be enjoying the trailers, which it's worth pointing out. The Flash trailer actually did amazing, and the reaction to the trailer set up that hundred million dollar opening weekend that we talked about. Mm. Uh, the perception of of the you know trailer feedback. Um, but Blue Beetle, I think, is probably on a better trajectory for a lot of reasons. Uh, now, of course, James Gunn has said some more things, as always, and recently said that Blue Beetle is the beginning of the DC is of his DC universe, not Superman Legacy. Blue Beetle's the first character, and that this is kind of like the 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 lead in, and then Superman Legacy will be the first movie produced in this new regime. Now, that, to me, eh, eh, big no-no. Once again, why? Because no one gives a shit about what you're saying if you cannot produce results. Nobody. This smells like another uh, version of The Flash is the greatest movie, superhero movie of all time. Exactly. (laughs) It's like, well, I got to say something to make you want to see this movie. And that's not what's going to make me see it. They think that audiences are going to the movies because of the shared universe aspect specifically. Hmm. That's not true. And how could the, I get why Marvel would think that they'd be wrong. And I don't think Marvel thinks that, but how could DC think that when their most recent successes were movies that weren't in a shared universe, Batman and Joker, it doesn't make any sense. Blue Beetle would probably do better if you convince people it wasn't part of anything. At this point, it's just standalone Blue Beetle. Do we have confirmation? Like, are, are there references to Snyder verse era superheroes in Blue Beetle? Like, I know we see they they call it Batman, but like, that mean. Um, or, as or, far as the go ahead, I was gonna say, or are we just gonna get another Gal Gadot, uh, uh, two minute cameo? That was wild. Yeah, that was ridiculous. I mean, as far as who will cameo or anything like that. We don't know. I'm just saying that like James Gunn asserting that this will tie into a future, his future DC universe is not the selling point. He thinks it is talk about the quality or say nothing about movies. You didn't have a part in making. Why would you stand on something you didn't have a part in making? Yeah. Like the only way this becomes part of James Gunn's DC DCU is if it does well, that's the only way. Yeah. They're going to just pick and choose again. Like, well, you know this, you know, people like blue beetle. I got to say though, that sword's pretty cool in that trailer. You know, like, I'm I'm a simple guy. Here's, here's something that the Hollywood Reporter, a quote that they attribute to a studio executive, a, ver- a veteran studio executive. It's unfathomable to me why Zass and James Gunn promise how wonderful any picture or new plan will be months into the future. The public does not care and is not aware of their prognostications. Let the product talk. That's what we've been saying on this podcast the entire time. It doesn't matter what you say. It matters if the movie is good. That's it. Let's Blue Beetle come out. I, and damn, I want it to be good. Hope is good. I hope. I, I hope it's good too. Um, I just I I agree. Atomic House says Blue Beetle sadly doesn't have a chance, but I will go see it. I think if I, I think I think this again, this is not money that David Zaslav 
or the current regime spent. So whatever happens with Blue Beetle, you know, take it on the chin. If you're going to put it out anyway, just take it on the chin. Let the movie do what it does. Hopefully it's good. And you can go into Aquaman 2 with good feelings. Hopefully it's one of those sleeper hits, you know, that just kind of creeps up on people or, or it is a uh, a surprise in, ex- of in, in expectation as to, oh, this was solid. This was really good. This was fun, right? Yeah. It feels like a family movie. And I hope that that's what that is because, yes. bro, DC needs yeah. that bad. Let me hit another comment. Zachary May, uh, do the movies stick to the comic storyline? I'm just getting into comics and I'm not all the way caught up yet. Well, first of all, uh, happy you're here. If you're just getting into comics, welcome. Comic books are it's a very interesting uh, Discord. hobby. Uh, and we talk a lot about that here on the podcast. Kind of our thing. Yeah, so you've come to the right place. Uh, to answer your question, the movies generally don't follow the comics um, panel by panel, certainly. Uh, what they'll do often is take like the idea of a comic book storyline, like the, the loose outline of it, and then they will translate that into a movie that fits their needs for the shared universe that that movie is taking place in or the agenda of the creative team involved. Uh, a great example, since we just talked about The Flash, um, the Flashpoint comic book was the point of reference for the Flash film, but only in the idea that Barry goes back in time to try to prevent his mother from dying um, and that that goes wrong. Everything else was generally created for the movie itself. Um, but if you like the Flash movie or are interested in that concept, then Flashpoint would be the book to read. Hope that answers your question. So I feel like Superman Legacy has now become the most important movie since Batman 89 that DC has made. Chill. What? I believe that. Or, or, or The Dark Knight. The Dark Knight is more more apt. Well, was The Dark Knight important before it came out? That's the thing. I, I think I think so. Uh, in the sense that, think about what we came off of, right? We came off of the Joel Schumacher with Batman movies, which killed Batman on film. Rest in peace, right? Sure. And they tried and tried and tried to, to, to figure out a way to make it work again. And, of course, they landed on Batman Begins, which was a, a solid hit. But it wasn't like what we know Batman does now, but it was promising for the future. The Dark Knight turned everything upside down. And I think if the Dark Knight flopped, there is no um, Man of Steel. And that all yeah. that gets recalibrated. Man, I guess OSHA would have flopped then. <laughs> wow. Um, but... But no, but Superman Legacy is important now because I believe that if Superman Legacy, and this is not something I believed before, my opinion has changed. If Superman Legacy fails, this is over. But but this is not, they have they not stated this is not part of that first wave of the universe. So then, I guess, can can you elaborate how that ties into that then? Because if this is the first movie, why would that matter? Superman Legacy is the first movie being produced by James Gunn's new regime exclusively. Mm. And so, it's, like, sorry? It's also considered the first movie in the Gods and Monsters thing, right? Yes. Yeah. And Blue yeah. Beetle, the way they're casting that movie now, 
is that Blue Beetle will be in the new universe, and this is his story. So in a sense, it's the first story of that universe. But James Gunn's Superman Legacy is the first film of that universe. It's a little confusing, but okay. again, that's why you shouldn't be saying all this shit. So <laughs> the he reason likes, why he, I, he does like saying shit, we like talking. Can't bro. stop talking. You're, you're saying these things on Michael Rosenbaum's uh, podcast, the, the former Lex Luthor from Smallville. Yeah. What the hell? He's a podcast. Has a podcast. Yeah, he has a no podcast. Way. He does, and it's solid. And it's like, first of all, how come the comics pals can't get that kind of exclusive? But second of all, maybe like think about press releases or think about like, I don't know, man. Just all he just talks too much. But to get back to my point, I don't know how much rope James Gunn and crew are gonna have when Flash bombed. Blue Beetle probably is not going to do great, although I don't know what return they're expecting. And Aquaman 2 ain't making no damn billion dollars like the first one did. That's not going to be happening. Yeah. Yeah. They made a billion dollars that first movie? Yeah. Yo, it was peak, it was peak superhero huge. movie craze. I forget yeah. just like how yeah. massive these things were before we started catching like catching a sniff of quality. Yeah. That was wow. the uh that was the Black Panther for fish people. Like Okay. Uh uh uh. <laughs> but but I don't know how much rope James Gunn and, and Peter Safran are going to get Superman Legacy is going to be an expensive movie it's going to be it has a lot on its shoulders I don't think it's going to be bad I think it's going to be great but it doesn't matter if it's great it needs to make a billion dollars it just this, has to so when you started this discussion you talked about the, uh, Warner selling off a lot of their music music rights um this smells a lot like mgm um where mgm now was one of the biggest studios since the dawn of hollywood really um where now it's they're just a name you know like there's no studio it's just a name for a streaming platform at this point um Yo. which i fear that is the future of warner brothers you know mm. um you seen the chat yeah <laughs> yes <good. laughs> atomic Khan said uh aquaman 2 will be worse than morbius and then top lane follows it up with uh aquaman 2 might be the room of superhero that's movies. a good thing for me <laughs> <laughs> this like, is only who, positive I like what does that man, even mean man he's saying put superman in water <laughs> <laughs> also Highlight um Twin Earth, who I've never seen comment here before. So thank you for the uh thank you for joining. As soon as the strike ends, they should get Momoa in white makeup and bring him on Lobo. I don't disagree. <laughs> I mean his Aquaman is really just wet Lobo. <laughs> wet Lobo. Come on. Wet. Yeah. Watch the Flash. Well, don't don't well, if you like the Flash, go watch it, I guess. But watch the Flash. See the after credit scene, and and one hundred and fifty million percent, you're right that that, wet Lobo. that Jason Momoa is playing Wet Lobo. Yeah, Aquaman. Jason Momoa's Aquaman is Jason Momoa heightened, not Aquaman. Right. Whereas that guy heightened Jason Momoa is Lobo. Yeah. Yeah. Agreed. That. I, sorry that that after credit scene had me so frustrated. Because I, I, I was in the theater, people were already kind of like chit-chatting and doing whatever. Uh, it finished. I mean, damn, I really sat for that. All right. Bye. 
So, so Tyler, this is why you can't say those kinds of things, man. Perry Perry says, as an Islander who enjoyed seeing an Islander in a movie, I did not think of that as our Black Panther. Look at what you did. Okay. All Look right. All right. Look at what you did. Don't offend. Don't <laughs> right. offend. Uh, don't, don't offend people. Yeah. How dare you? Um, I was just trying to mess with the Atlantean people, but no, man. They they have, have feelings and emotions. Yeah. Uh, Nicholas in the TikTok chat said that. I feel like the way DC fans are is that some are hyped for the new universe. Um, people are going to go, but some of them with negative mindset. And I think that that's where like a lot of people have net have been netting out. Like I'm after this film approaching that, I think it's going to hinge on Aquaman's performance. Well, cause Aquaman comes out first and then Blue Beetle, right? Uh, Blue Beetle comes out next and then Aquaman. Damn, that's crazy. Okay. Well, Blue Beetle is going to be the deciding factor for me as to like whether or not I should be a bit more excited for the slate of films that are part of that universe versus finishing off the Snyderverse stuff. Yeah. Um, Zachary may ask, where should I start to get caught up for the new comics coming out for DC? A, I agree with Tyler, join our Discord. Subscribe if you haven't. If you're, by the way, if you're watching this live right now and you're enjoying the conversation and you haven't hit that like button, smash that like button. If we hit the likes goal, we are going to do a draft. So we will have another draft. And I think that this draft is going to be a lot of fun. Uh, The draft this week is going to be draft a Sinister Six to defeat Spider-Man. We're going to be scraping the bottom of the barrel. At the end so <laughs> that's going to be very, very interesting. We're going to have to come up with some wacky ass shit. And the challenge of that is going to be how deep our Spider-Man rogues gallery pool knowledge really is, which alienates Marco and highlights Tyler because Tyler fucking loves C and D list villains and Sp- a lot. Kate ball and kangaroo. Let's go. Big wheel. Oh, big, <laughs> big wheel. Great. You get rocket racer. Spot. Main man Marco. Yeah. Ooh, yeah. Can we give me like right like a but can we give me like a little what is it? Not booster. What, what cheat, is it called? Cheat sheet? Cheat sheet. You want like a advantage uh, uh, uh handicap. Handicap, thank you. I'm gonna need that shit. You need a mulligan. You are get, gonna need a handicap. I, I need I need to go first twice just to get two names that I might know off the board. Yes. Um, but to f- follow up and answer Zachary's question, yes, join the Discord. Yes, sub if you guys haven't, but uh, there is a list of books that correspond to James Gunn's yeah. new universe. And so all of those books are have been reprinted. They should be read, readily available. Supergirl, Woman of Tomorrow, is a great one. And that is going to be used for the baseline of the new Supergirl movie that that's we'll be getting. Cool. Uh, so that's one you can pick up. The Authority. Um, which I volume one, I think is the good one. That's the one you should pick that up. <laughs> um, uh, Superman, I mean, take your pick, but very specifically, it's the uh, it's all star Superman, right? Grant Morrison. Oh, they're gonna say JMS is grounded. Okay, yeah. Oh, no, that would be a box office bomb. Yeah, that would be a bomb. Um, and yes, yes, top lane, there is a TikTok chat, a live chat. We are live on TikTok. I don't know what they're saying, but I know that they hate us half the time when we post TikTok. They're good. Videos. They're doing great today. They're yeah. doing great. Okay. Yeah. Thumbs up, TikTok. Henry S. killing it in the TikTok chat. Hell yeah. Word. Shut up. Uh, so, again, just to take this back before we close out, 
to Superman Legacy, how much weight is on the shoulders of Super on Superman Legacy in your guys' mind? If this movie doesn't make, let's let's not even say a billion because it's it's COVID. So let's let's say let's say seven hundred to eight hundred million. If the movie falls short of those numbers, right? What is the future of DC on film? Uh, based on Zazla's record, sold, <laughs> right? Sold off, yeah, right. And start making ninety day fiance movies. The ninety day fiance universe, yes, yeah. expanded. <laughs> yep, expanded. Yep, bro. The one hundred and twenty day fiance. Right, that's not how that make, you can make a movie out of that. A, a movie, a a, a a fucking reality show movie, which I don't think we have. We ever had that? Uh, well, there was a Jersey Shore movie, wasn't there? When I don't know, when? maybe I had a really bad dream. I, I was on Nyquil, I think. <laughs> that's a that is a nightmare. A reality show movie, one hundred and twenty day fiance. <laughs> Book it. Book so, it. I'll go. I'll go. I didn't like that show. <laughs> They're, they're gonna start to adapt like DC storylines. Is that instead of a one minute war, it's one minute wedding? <laughs> Some of the Mac, thought, yeah. I'm uh, honestly, I'm I'm surprised we have not seen a reality show movie. I need uh, pickup I'm artist the movie. That's yeah. what I need. Yeah, RuPaul's Drag Race the movie. Movie. <laughs> RuPaul has been in film. So. Oh yeah, absolutely. Yeah, of course, have been. RuPaul's yeah. a superstar. Um. Ricardo Gonzalez, if it falls short, then DC is done. I I think if it falls short, it's damning, but I think I think they push through. I think there's an understanding based on what we've seen from James Gunn and his expectation of I'm gonna commit to these films, they're uh they're gonna come out, this larger narrative is gonna be built. I, I think I am in a place where I have confidence in him to say, okay, it takes a second for people to acclimate to a universe. I'm going to give him maybe like two, three movies to be able to use that excuse. You know, like, More oh, it takes a second. People have to, you know, catch on to the vibe and the aesthetic and all that kind of thing. Uh, but once they do and they're locked in and we have people coming back for our reasons versus, oh, this is a DC character. I think then uh, we can expect to see a bit more success. So I think that I, I think even if they miss the mark, maybe not five hundred. Like like yo, you can't not do at least five hundred million, at least half a billion. Then that's concerning. But if you don't hit the seven hundred, the eight hundred mark, I'm I'm gonna I'm gonna give them a chance, and I can expect some people might give them a chance. I think we would. I think audiences would. We're talking yes. about David Zaslav. Listen, David Zaslav has to buy a new boat soon. <laughs> and I hear so a submarine super- this time. <laughs> Rip. I, he- I heard he wanted to go and, and explore the depths of the ocean. Yep. And so when that's your agenda, you cannot have movies that don't do well because you have to be able to buy a new boat, Marco. The jet will not fuel itself. Superman legacy must fuel this jet. It must. There's no other way. So my hope is that Superman Legacy does amazing. I hope Blue Beetle does decently. I think it can. I mean, with a decent, a modest budget, I think it can I think it can do okay. So. Aquaman 2, uh, uh, whatever. 
Um, and and let's start out strong with Superman Legacy. James Gunn has great um a great relationship with his audience. I think people respect James Gunn, his most recent comments notwithstanding. And I think that Guardians of the Galaxy 3 yeah. is very attached to James Gunn. Mm-hmm. Most people say, uh, whatever. People enjoyed the movie. Maybe they don't associate it with a particular person. But I think James Gunn's style and his mark that he's made on the Guardians is so specific that people know it's him. And the only thing they're carrying away from that is love the Guardians, love James Gunn, see his name on a movie. I want to see that movie. So I believe Superman Legacy will do well. I think it will hit that seven to eight hundred million dollar mark, and I think that it will be a great start for the next iteration of DC. And I think knowing James Gunn, it's going to do what other superhero uh, Superman movies have not done well, and that's make it a good ensemble piece. Yes, I agree. Man of Steel was was not that. <laughs> um, Even me, I enjoy that movie. I love actually, I love Man of Steel, but I don't think it was a good ensemble movie. No, it was all on Cavill and and uh, uh, Amy, Mike, and Michael Shannon. And oh, Amy, okay. uh, Amy, Amy Adams, uh, yeah, Amy Adams, yeah. Thank you. So that's that's our that's our thought. Um, <laughs> we forgot about Joker two. Uh, no, Ooh, I no. didn't forget about Joker two. It's just that it's not a part of the same universe, you know. So, um, I think Joker two will do will do fantastic, but I don't know that that really matters to this particular. No, no, this matters because we're trying to we're waiting for a movie to make a billion dollars. Come on, homie. There's potential. With Lady I'm, Gaga. I'm beyond <laughs> excited for Joker too. Like I cannot I contain it. I'm hyped for that. I got my Chromatica sweatpants on right now. I don't know what that is. Oh no! I just showed off the Crocs. You got the on Crocs camera. on. I got the you Crocs on. You got the Crocs on. Sport oh my too. god, Tyler! It is 11:06 in the morning. <laughs> Why do you have the Chromatica? Why do you have the 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 Chromatica leggings? The Sweat juicy hand. leggings, Sweat the hand. Chromatica juicy leggings. The Gaga on my ass. <laughs> the Gaga on your ass, and the Crocs. What is this fit? They're not even. They're glow in the dark haunted mansion Crocs too. Oh my! Do you, God. you have them in sports mode? Or are they in in uh, action mode right now? They're not. They're there. Is that when it's 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 behind you the pull, foot, right? pull, Yeah, it's but in the. Back, oh yeah, yeah, we're in sports mode, buddy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. We're <laughs> fucking rare to go. Yeah. If anyone has any any leads on the Lightning McQueen Crocs, let me know. Wow. Uh, all right, let's get through a few more comments before we um, before we push forward. Twin Earth says, uh, this is one of my new favorite channels. Hey, thank you for that. Appreciate that. Uh, hope you enjoy yourself through the rest of the stream. Zachary May says, thanks for all your help. You're very welcome. Uh, could the authority be on the chopping block after this bomb? I don't think so. No. Um, yeah. I think James Gunn's plan is very specific, and I think that David Zaslav is sold. So I think if Superman Legacy does well, um, then everything is green. Every everything is is a go. Um, we have, I mean, Aaron Ree is saying Tyler with the anti drip coming from an <laughs> anime avatar account. Yeah. Hey, put um, some respect on him. Yeah. All right. Fine. Uh, and then uh, Henry S in TikTok said, uh, "Do you uh, could you guys talk about whether or not Supergirl has any legacy older comics like Superman All Star, like All Star Superman?" Um, I don't know. <laughs> I, my knowledge of Supergirl is slim, to be honest. My knowledge of Supergirl is also slim, but I think when it comes to that character, everything is orbiting around Woman of Tomorrow right now yeah. in terms of 
you know, how relevant that is and kind of what they're staking their claim on with that character. So that's really the book to look for. Um, and then for anything else, I'm unfortunately not the person to ask. I'm sorry. Kale probably would have been the right person. <laughs> yeah, Kale yeah. would have had a better idea. Yeah. Uh, do you think having no DCU films next year will help Superman Legacy? That comes from MP. The answer is, in my opinion, yes. I think a breather is, is, is good. Uh, hello, Catherine. Welcome to everybody. Thank you all for being here. This is our first official week off Twitch, and I'm loving the numbers right now. You guys are showing up and, and supporting. Really, 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 really appreciate it. That means the world. The likes goal was 20, but you know what? I feel like we can get that to 25. I feel like we can get that to 25. So hit that likes button if you're enjoying what we're doing. Let's get to 25 likes. We can do that, and we will do the draft later on. So um, rolling right along because we've got a lot more show to do. Uh, I want to talk about an announcement. It's one we've made, but we're adding a caveat. So you know that Tilly Walden will be joining the show next week, July 1st, 10, 15 a.m. Eastern, of course, which is when this show is live every single Saturday. That's exciting. The writer of Clementine, which has a sequel coming out a little bit mm -hmm. later on. Uh, we're very excited to speak to her. And we thought, you know what? Clementine's so good, and the sequel's coming out. And we're interviewing her. Why not give you guys a chance to read the book ahead of the sequel's release? So what we're going to do is we're going to do a giveaway of Clementine. Yes, we will be giving away one copy of Clementine to a lucky winner whoever wins the poll and the rules of course will be very simple just as just as they were the last time we did one of these uh and so what it's going to be is you guys have a week to submit your questions or comments uh you can do that anywhere the live chat here right now is not the place but if you leave a comment on discord if you leave us a twitter dm or you know twitter message uh discord message or dm you can DM me personally or one of us. It doesn't matter. Uh, just anywhere that we can see the comment, not this live chat. We will, everybody who asks a question or leaves a comment will be entered into the giveaway. Whether we ask her your question or comment or not, you're entered. Patrons, members of our Patreon page, patreon.com slash the comics house. At any tier, get plus one entries and we'll announce the winner on the show. You have to be subscribed on YouTube. That's the only thing you have to be, be doing for us is subscribe and leave a comment or question. And you have to obviously be willing to give us your address so that we can send it to you. But other than that, very simple stuff. And, so, and for and for no further points or entries, let me know what your favorite Tegan and Sarah song is uh, because Tilly worked on the, the YA book. <laughs> That's just out of my own curiosity. So we've got that going on. That should be a lot of fun. Uh, yes, absolutely slide in my DMs. I love that. I have no problems with that. Um, book Club, Tokyo Ghost Book Club is dropping July 4th. Next week, baby. That is not next week. Is it not? No. It's two weeks. Yeah. <laughs> two weeks, baby. <laughs> um, if Tyler feels uh magnanimous i think is the right word he can post that early 
if, if I feel like I can put metal on my body and stick to me. That's not what I said. <laughs> That's magmaminous. Okay, all right. We're all messing up. Well, at least two of us are messing up words here. <laughs> Who knows? You know, we don't know if I messed up. We don't know. But um, that, was, that was the right word. That was the right word and phrase. Thank you. Yeah. Um, that might be up early. The book club might be up early on uh, Patreon. So. Dan Trudeau surprising me and naming a really good uh, Tegan and Sarah song. Like, Dan surprising me all the time. Great, great Tegan and Sarah song. The con. Oh, Did I'm not the, peg you comic. for a Tegan and Sarah fan, but uh, surprising me yet again. <laughs> Go ahead. Uh, a Tom account also from our earlier conversation mentioning Supergirl by Peter David is a, a good sustained run, but keep in mind there are some aspects of the character that are now invalid. Uh, so if you want to do some further reading, there's another recommendation. Thank you. Appreciate that. Um, Atomic Hound. Atomic Hound, by the way, if you're joining the Discord as a result of this conversation, Atomic Hound is absolutely one of the most knowledgeable people I've ever met about comics for 60 years worth of comics. My man just knows. Yeah. Uh, so it's it's actually incredible. So thank you for that. Um, Atomic Hound also says, I'm using the long July 4th weekend to read Tokyo Ghost. That's great. So good. Classy Ulysses, Sean Murphy's the goat. Sure is. The goddess Vaith, so 50 likes now. Uh, how about 30? Let's bump it up to 30. We do 30 <laughs> and we'll, we'll, we'll teasing them teasing because you guys them. are killing it. It's amazing. I, I, I didn't realize all I had to do was ask. You're beautiful people. Speaking <laughs> of you, patreon.com slash the comic spouse is the best way to support the show. It supports us um, and it allows us, it enables us to do this show. It allows us to do. Um, Things outside of this show, it allows us to bring you incredible coverage at Comic-Con when we go and to have the the utility um, and the technology that we need to do that. Um, so we appreciate everybody that supports us over there. It means the world to us. We love to give you um, some bang for your buck. Not too much bang, you know, because then it's just then it's just awkward. But then it's an OnlyFans. Um, yeah, ex exactly. We give you as much bang as we as Patreon will allow us to give. And that includes an exclusive show called Palling Around, where the four of us pals pal around. Uh, our newsletter, the weekly newsletter, one from the four, one one from one of us, Marcos went up this week. Um, you get uh, exclusive behind the scenes stuff. You get a nickname and a shout out on this very show, a superhero or supervillain nickname and a shout out on this show. And we are adding two additions. To the pals verse today. Two. So I want to say a very special shout out to the best pals in the universe, Thunderstruck Rebecca Alejandro, and the Hound of Justice, Atomic Hound. And of course, a thank you to the Night Stalker, Harris Najinsky, Brian Demolisher Del Pozo, Kefis the Incorruptible, Momentum Mike Elliott. Starcross Catherine Stars, Dan the Truth Trudeau, Joel Justice, Jalen the Sanguine Sorcerer, and our new entries. Now, these characters have a history. Ooh. Ooh. Their origins are tied. And so I will begin with. Super Shenran, the Conqueror, mm. who is an intergalactic tyrant 
who conquers planets for sport and either subjugates its inhabitants if they're worthy of being, you know, slaves or committing genocide Jesus. and killing everybody Damn, there. Yo. That's all I can say about his origin for now. But I will say more soon. His power set is he has cosmic level strength, durability, speed, and stamina. He is empowered by the essences of the lives that he takes. The more he kills, the stronger he gets. Absolutely. And so, the other new entrant is Neon Knight Cosmic Avenger. Damn, that's pretty cool. Thank you. The Neon Knight should not be alive. He (laughs) is the last surviving member of a race of people from a world eliminated by Shenran the Conqueror in his never-ending campaign and should have died alongside his people that day. He watched Shenran kill his people for pleasure. And just before the villain unleashed a final blast to end life on the planet, the two locked eyes. When Neon Knight woke, he could hear the screams of his people in his head in the moments before they died, or so he thought. Their essences were trapped in him, driving him to the brink of madness, but also empowering him. How could this be? The Neon Knight spares little time considering anything but vengeance, and sets out to avenge the dead by waging war against Shenran. Their battle sends him and Shenran careening into Earth, bringing their war here. His power set is... Uh, well, he doesn't know this. Neon Knight doesn't know this, but he's a power siphon, and he drained the powers of Shenran in their first encounter, allowing him to absorb the essence of his people and survive the explosion. He has cosmic level strength, durability, speed, and stamina as a result of his encounter with Shenran. Now, you might be wondering, why did I call Shenran Super Shenran? The reason is because in his search for the power to defeat the Neon Knight, he adopted a new, more powerful form, becoming Super Shenran. See the little homage there. Does it come with a giant mullet? (laughs) He should. (laughs) So those are our two new entrants. For a villain as powerful as Shenran, we need a hero as powerful as the Neon Knight. That was rad. When he said they locked eyes, I'm like, oh, they're going to kiss. They're going to kiss. But that's not the story you like to tell. That, that's, <laughs> nah. That's, if I come up with your power, y'all kiss. I'm sorry. <laughs> I hope you guys enjoyed that. That is the kind of thing that we love to do for the people that are supporting us. So thank you. Huge shout out to Neon Knight. And uh, Shenran, you guys are fantastic and beautiful, and we love you. Whew, okay. Uh, before we move too far along, uh, just coming back to the Tilly Walden piece, for anybody who wants to also just read other things, uh, this is one of my favorite yeah. books from her, The End of Summer. Very quiet story, very uh, personal story. A little, a little dark. Uh, very tragic. Yeah. Um, and I think a, a somewhat dense Someone heady read. So any, yeah. any other recommendations there, I think, uh, on top of Clementine, definitely go pick that up. It's a good gloomy day read, I will say. Yeah, yeah, yeah. like a Sunday rains kind of situation. Mm-hmm. All right. Uh, join our Discord server. Come hang out with us over there. If you want to watch this show live, it's live on YouTube exclusively every single Saturday at 10, 15 a.m. Eastern. 6 p.m. on Thursdays for Pals Pulls, which is our weekly show where we review comics. If you want to 
influence what we read, you can join the listener. You can go vote. It's up now. It's up every Friday. And uh, there are four books on there. You vote for the one you like, and we review it. Yep. Catherine already campaigning for, for, for her pick. So. Oh, yeah? <laughs> yeah. Do that. Oh, yeah. World Tree. Right, right, right. That's right. All right. Let's hit the listener comments that you guys sent us over the week. This one actually, though, is from two weeks ago because I missed it, and we didn't have time on our birthday show, Tyler and I's birthday show, to get to it. But I wanted to make sure that we got to it. Um, so, Tyler, take it away. Nihilus uh, commented uh, saying, uh, using your combined birthday powers, you're able to make one of the following come true. And this is specifically for Sean and I. Marco, go screw. Um, so, <laughs> oh, I'm included. Uh, so I'm these, are the, these are the choices. Uh, a, the black science team of Remender and Scalera reuni- reunites for another project. He goes for three trades and is excellent. B, Hickman returns to the X-Men, but this time it's the ultimate X-Men for six issues and then joins up with DC. And then C, Grant Morrison comes on the podcast. Yes, your podcast, but during the interview, tragedy strikes. Everyone's internet goes out except for Marco's. And hmm. surprising everyone, he knocks it out of the park and it goes viral, forcing changes to the podcast. It's now called Marco and the Comics Pals. Every minute is a Marco minute. And, Sean, and, I think we can agree. C, uh, off the table. Well, it, it, interesting backstory, right? Uh, so the Comics Pals is typically what we go for, right? But you know, five words was just a lot. So Marco and the Comics Pals, technically the official name, but posterity's sake, we use the Comics Pals. I would rather be in a submarine. <laughs> That's never coming up. <laughs> Then also, no. if, if everyone if my internet went out, there wouldn't be a, a show at that point. Right. <laughs> Logistically, that wouldn't work. Over. Yeah, yeah, that wouldn't even work. But yeah. that's getting that's easy cancellation. I agree, Tyler. The real argument is between A and B. Um I I I'm inclined towards A, to be honest. Same. I don't I'm, I'm I you. don't really care about like I'm into Hickman on Ultimate X-Men and I'm into him going to DC. That's all good. But I mean, Rick Remender is who he is, and Scalera is who he is, and I want that. I could care less about Ultimate X-Men. Like, it's confusing. Sure, I'm right. sure Hickman could do something, but like, give me more Scalera, Remender, in any way, shape, or form. Yeah. Yeah. And and also, the funny thing is that B is probably, like, B's not, um, B could happen. Like, that yeah, could actually happen. Um, will Hickman like write for DC? Yes, at some point in his life. Will he write for the Ultimate X-Men? Maybe. So, thank you, Nihilus. All right. So, we had another question uh, or comment from It Lies in the Noggin on the exploitation of comics creators that we talked about last week. And he says, um, I feel for the creators who have been wronged. It's criminal what these companies do, and we should collectively call them out. But, and this is not to minimize the pain and experiences, at the end of the day, we're responsible for the majority of what happens to us, and it's hard to admit that. This is not something new or unique to this or any other industry. There are countless stories and lessons for us to learn from. You have a family and really love comics. I'm sorry. I really wish you would get paid enough money to just create art, get the proper insurance and all the perks in the world, really. But that's just, that that's not the world right now. You need to get a job to support your family and work on your passion on the side. Betting yourself like your remenders and the Kints and the Kirkmans, Millers, all the other great creators that found a way. This is all from a place of love and respect, of course. Great job as always. So thank you, first of all, uh, for the comment. This comment was much longer and more in-depth. I cut it, but, you know, um, Tyler, I had to keep the the spirit of the message. I lost my breath. Yeah. (laughs) Um, Look, 
I agree ultimately with that statement. I think everybody, you know, um, everybody should want creators to have everything they deserve. Like we want creators to be able to sustain their lives doing comics. Um, but it's exploitative as all hell. And, you know, a lot of the creators who have broken the mold and been able to get out of that uh, exploitative system have done so by exiting the uh, just working for a publisher thing and, you know, sort of made it on their own. Um, and obviously, most of them also went through the shitty grind at some point in their careers as well. Um, but this is the way to do it. This is the way towards financial freedom for most creators because Scott Snyder made his bones doing Batman, but that's not going to be everybody's trajectory. Um, you might not be able to subsist off of just writing comics, and that sucks. But if you bet on yourself and you're good and you're that damn good, then the odds are in your favor. And, and I agree with the sentiment of this message. Sorry, I had cat aggro. Just getting on the check it out. Um, I agree with the sentiment, but also, like, I don't feel good with that complacency, you know? I, I, I Typically, I just don't like saying, like, well, that's just how the world is. Like, sure, but then that mindset is what keeps the world that way. You know what I mean? Yeah. Well, I think, you, I think more than one thing can be true at the same time. Sure. It could be true that we have to fight for better condition, working conditions, pay, etc. for creators, but I think it can also be true that the world is what it is. And while it is what it is in an industry that has not changed, like it hasn't changed, um, you have to accept reality. You can't look at an industry that has exploited every single creator that has worked in it and say, I'm, I'm waiting for change. What change? You can't wait for it. You got to do it. You, you're, you got to make that change. You got to fight for it. But while you're fighting for that change, you're still slave to the system. Sure. So are you going to unchain yourself and then run back in and get everybody else the keys? Are you going to teach them the way? Or are you going to stay enslaved to this system and complain about it? You know, I don't think that that's a solution either. I think it's, it takes a, a symbiotic approach of both of those ideas to see results. Mm. So... All right, there's a break here. So we have some people responding to the Flash review. Uh, check that out on YouTube and any kind of podcast platform. Um, so Zeno Blue on the Flash review said, initially I was okay with the movie. This conversation sort of slapped me out of an illusion, and I can't even <laughs> disagree with the points made. I'm depressed now. It's a good review. Good review. It's amazing. I mean, I mean you're welcome for the depression. Join us. <laughs> Um, and then uh, Kushik Raja also commented saying, so it looks like it all comes down to Superman to save the day in the face of impossible odds of getting the audience invested in yet another franchise while being one of the greatest movies ever on par with, say, Spider-Verse or the Batman. And it stands out so hard that audiences will keep raving about it. No pressure, Clark. None whatsoever. Well, it, it, he's, uh, he can handle the pressure of diamonds, so he's good. Uh, Toplin says, oh, go ahead. Sorry. I was going to say a just typical Superman story, having to do some Herculean effort. You know, yep. it's almost appropriate. Hey, thank you, Zachary. Zachary joined the Discord. If you're hey. listening to me and you're not on, you should join too. Yeah, thanks. So and much. we did hit the likes goal of 30. We'll leave it there. 
that's that's good enough. You guys did amazing. <laughs> um, top Lane says, I do not agree at all. There are people at the top making millions from these IPs that they didn't create. Yeah, but what are we doing about that? We're seeing, we're seeing the we movie. What are you going to do? Put David Zaslav in a submarine? You, like, you can't what? stop. You can't stop that. You don't have control over that. And I think people focus too much in life on the things that they don't have control over while ignoring what they do. And so the point that I'm making is not that that shouldn't exist. It's not that that's okay. I'm not saying it's okay that like whoever runs Marvel comics makes way more money than Leah Williams. I'm saying that X creator can yell to the clouds about that all they want, but that's, that is not change. Change is not you being mad changes you being mad and doing something about it it's not enough to speak out more has to be done and there's literally no way to argue with that like you can't change things by being mad that's not good enough i think change won't change until we as a society kind of go away from the idea of the individualist and go into more collective action in terms of the Flash and seeing the Flash, it's like, no, I want to see it. It's not, you know, like, oh, let's let's collectively decide. Like, it just doesn't exist in our society. But, you know, uh, let me get off my soapbox. That doesn't work. Uh, what, what, uh, what, what's an alliteration there? Tyler's. Toilet? Tyler's uh, toilet. Just... <laughs> yeah, that's good. Just going to take a that's sit good. on it real quick. Yeah. <laughs> I like that. All right. So speaking of exploitation, right? And again, everybody says comics, comics, comics. (laughs) Let's talk about not comics. Let's talk about movies. Let's talk about a particular movie. Spider-Verse. Across the Spider-Verse. That's a good one. Yeah. It's a good movie. Exploitation. Oops. (laughs) Crunch. It's right there on the screen. Crunch. Good candy bar. Across the Spider-Verse is a beloved film, just like the original was, that comes from, you know, I mean, people, it comes from a lot of people, but people associate the movie with Phil Lord and Chris Miller primarily. Um, They're the driving force behind this project. And once again, you know, the movie has done very well um, and people are excited. But guess what? The artists who worked on this film, sorry, excuse me, the artists who worked on this film are saying that they were exploited. They're saying that crunch was a severe problem. This is from a a Vulture article by Chris Lee, who did an amazing job. This is a fantastic article, and you should read it if you care about this, but I hope you get through it if you don't have time to read this, because I did. A hundred artists left this movie before it finished production Damn, because they were overworked. They were being asked to work upwards of 11 hours a day. And their work was being constantly upended and, and forced to be redone by uh, Phil Lord who this article paints as not a not a bad man not not anything nothing morally reprehensible i guess depending i guess depending on what you consider to be moral 
sure. but no like abuse, no uh, verbal abuse, no emotional abuse, nothing like that. Just constant revisions. And let me explain something to you. There is a stark difference between asking for a revision or a different shot or an additional take in a live action film and an animated one. That is a completely different thing. And so what you often do, what often happens is it's kind of like building a building in the sense that you do all your revisions and all of your work to build the building conceptually and make it right before you actually start building the building. You cannot build a building and then say, eh, let's let's just cut that wall out there. That doesn't need to be there. Um, actually, I feel like we should we should build a we, we should add to this. You can't do that. Why can't you do that? Because uh um construction workers can't work 15 hour days to do all your revisions. Yeah. It's the same concept. So you build an animated film in concept, you build it in, you know, in 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 um uh in I'm, I'm I can't think of the the exact word. But you do everything. That, I'm sorry. Like pre-production, is that what you're thinking? Yes. Yeah. yeah. You do it all in pre-production that way when you're in production you're doing very minimal um uh changes because once stuff is rendered you know, it's very difficult. You kind of have to start from almost scratch. And this is what these artists were being asked to do. The other thing is that once changes get to be made, if you were the artist on a particular scene and that scene changes, you're not the artist anymore because you left the project. So your credit, gone. What do you have to show for it? This article points out that many of those artists aren't, they don't have shit to show for it. Yeah. Because their work was revised over. Damn. And not to mention with a live action thing, reshoots are built into the plan. Yeah. Uh-huh. Right. Here's directly from the from the uh from the article. And I'm gonna read, and it might be a little lengthy, but I feel like it's important for me to read this. According to people who worked on the sequel, it's because the of the working conditions required to produce such artistry are not sustainable. Multiple ac- across the Spider-Verse crew members, ranging from artists to production executives who have worked anywhere from five to a dozen years in the animation business, described the process of making the $150 million Sony project as uniquely arduous, involving a relentless kind of revisionism that compelled approximately 100 artists to flee the movie before its completion. Four of these crew members agreed to speak pseudonymously about the sprint to the finish line three years into the sequel's development and production, a period whose franticness they attribute to Lord's management style, in particular, his seeming inability to conceptualize 3D animation during the early planning stages and his preference to edit fully rendered work instead. Damn. That is crazy. That's just which, duplicative. That's, that's inefficient. You're which, wasting money at that yeah. point. Which is wild because they he worked on the Lego movie. Like it's not his first rodeo. Right. Unless maybe that oh, yeah. was the way he did it there, you know? I guess so, yeah. And, and no figured, these are these you're animating this? I thought you were using Lego. Like that's probably what he thought. <laughs> <laughs> that's hilarious. Um Um while frequent major overhauls are standard operating procedure in animation, Pixar films can take between four and seven years to plot, animate, and render. 
Those changes typically occur early on during development and storyboarding stages. Mm-hmm. But these Spider-Verse 2 crew members say they were asked to make alterations to already approved animated sequences that created a backlog of work across multiple late-stage departments. Um, that ain't good. That is not good. Yeah. And what we're, we're going to be talking about later with, you know, the Secret Invasion stuff, like... Right. And what we saw in the Flash with the, the horrible CG that was in that, that was honestly probably horrible because of crunch or a quick turnaround time necessity. Um, Being... An artist in film is rough right now, especially when the big two is what controls the cinema. You know, like like the like big superhero movies. You know, um, and these things got to be churned out like a conveyor belt. Yeah, can't can't be mentally great for someone. You know. Yeah, and and all movies or a large majority of movies now being that. You know, you're you know that you're in demand, and uh, and then still you get this level of overworking, this level of crunch, and that sucks. And so you do this movie, you bust your ass, you're working eleven hours a day, you stick it out. You're not one of the one hundred that leaves. You stick it out. You're burnt. You're burnt. But the movie came out. It's a good movie. This is the response of producer. Amy Pascal. Oh, yeah. Who... I've talked a lot about this woman. She's the woman that threw a sandwich at Kevin Feige during a meeting. (laughs) Is that what inspired the bagel toss in the first Spider-Verse movie? Yo. Probably. (laughs) She said this when when approached, you know, for this uh, article. One of the things about animation that makes it such a wonderful thing to work on is that you get you get to keep going until the story is right. If the story isn't right, you have to keep going until it is. In a reference, when asked about the the artists who felt demoralized by, quote, having to revise final renders five times in a row. Amy said, I guess welcome to making a movie. Welcome aggressive thing to ever. making a movie. It that just sounds like do your job, you know, like job. slave. Yeah. I mean, to the. Oh boy, here we go. No, 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 no. <laughs> like, is this less reprehensible if you work the, you know, your nine to five and you get the number of revisions? That becomes frustrating busy work, but inefficient busy work. But like, does the, is that bad? I I would like to tackle that. Okay. So on average, people work about eight hours a day. Sure. When crunch happens for a film, video game, comic book, and you're being asked to work 12 hours a day, and they're working on the same exact project for years, not days, not weeks, years. And it's not like you're necessarily like, I don't know if they're being paid more. They could be salaried, right? Doesn't that do, don't you really not depends. get paid 
more when you when you work more hours on your salary. Depends so on that contract, could, yeah. It, yeah, right. That could be a thing. Um, and you're an artist. You're not a desk jockey. You know, you're not pushing papers. And so you're an artist on a film that you don't even feel good about because it broke you. While the creators, Phil Lord and Chris Miller, reap all the benefits, but didn't put in anywhere close to the amount of work that you did. That cannot feel good. That can't feel good. The The creative team of a comic book, they all work hard. It's, it, you know, I'm sure artists would say, yeah, but I'm sitting at the, at the desk for 12 hours. Granted, granted. But when that book comes out, your name is on it. That's your work that you take pride in. How can you feel good about working so many hours every day and then your name is a blip in the credits? You got paid a percentage of what Phil Lord and Chris Miller got paid, of what Amy Pascal got paid. She didn't do a fucking thing to make this movie. And you're and you're an yeah. artist who worked on it, busted your ass, and you have nothing to show for it. I think that feels pretty bad. And that's a disrespectful answer. Why are they what why are you promising a sequel in March to a movie that 100 people had to leave? When have you ever heard of that before? 100 in, people in from the people who've spoken out about it the way they describe the next movie is like, yeah, we're not even in the rendering phase yet. No. Like they don't, they don't see that movie coming out in March at all. In this article, one of the, one of the pseudo anonymous people said, uh, quote, they've announced the beyond the spider verse will be released in March of next year. I've seen people say, Oh, they probably worked on it at the same time. There's no way that movie's coming out. There has been progress on the pre-production side of things, but as far as the production side goes, the only progress that's been made on the third one is any exploration or tests that were done before the movie was split into two parts. It ain't happening. Yeah. And they have investors that are going to press the issue. They have Phil Lord who's going to press the issue. They have Amy Pascal who's going to press the issue. And the only people who have to work harder are these artists and animators. That and, sucks. And I believe like the artists and animators, they 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 have a union, but it's, it's not, not recognized by studio. It's, it's not recognized. Yeah. Ooh, rough. Yeah. So you can't even do anything about it. Damn, that's wild. Is it considering how prevalent <laughs> but like considering how prevalent that is now? I would have expected weight there. Damn. It's prevalent, but we don't respect it. We don't sure. respect it. Writers on uh, on studio movies are jokes. Television writers are jokes. Look at what they're doing to them. Mm, yeah. They're going to get replaced by AI. Look at Secret Invasion. These artists are getting replaced. Fuck a scroll. AI. It's that uh, Hickman uh, 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 powers of, of, of 10 uh, thing, you know, getting replaced by this one unimind machine. Yeah. This bummed me out a lot. Again, the Vulture article is great, but it's depressing. I like the movie a lot. I like it less now. And I'm normally not like that. When you tell me a hundred people had to leave the project for their sanity. That's 
That's draconian. That's do, disgusting. That shouldn't be like that. Do we know what the hundred is in relation to in terms of number? Like if it's like a hundred people left and there was two hundred, like oh that's bad. But if a there's thousand people left, uh, over okay. a thousand creators. Over that, but but you were looking at potentially five percent, which is still wild. You know, five maybe seven percent, five to ten. Still, that's a lot. It's a yeah, it's a yeah. considerable enough. You know. Yeah. One person having to leave a job due to mental health be, because being overworked is is bad, in my opinion. Yeah. Uh, multiply it by hundred. Yeah. It should spark a conversation. If one of us, I mean, obviously we're just four people, but if one of us had to stop this for mental health, the rest of us would have, have to evaluate like what went wrong. Yeah. 100%. And we're just four people. So I agree with Dan. Dan's uh, in the chat said, or I'm sorry if it wasn't Dan. Um, uh, uh, yeah. Amy Pascal shrugging it off. Isn't only morally off, but bad management. That mm -hmm. cannot be your answer. Your answer has to be, we are reevaluating our process and we are interviewing with the artists and animators to ask them how we can make the process better on the next one. That's your answer. I should be sympathetic. Yeah. Welcome to making a movie. Are you crazy? You bag of bones. <laughs> Seriously. But like Amy Pascal, like her, her job, like is not to mad. Her job is to appease shareholders. That is all. She can give two shits about what these people think. How does this appeal shareholders when you say this in public? Yeah. That's fair. And, and producers are managers to some degree because you are dealing with individuals. Amy Pascal was hands the fuck on. For, she's been hands on for Spider-Man in, in every, every film, every animated film. She's at point. Was she she's around the during point. the McGuire stuff? Um, I believe so. I believe okay. so. I remember the prominence happening between like Amazing Spider-Man once we got to like, oh, that Chameleon Sinister Six movie you always wanted. <laughs> yeah, I don't think she was. Obviously, she wasn't in the position that she's in now. No one could take the the power away from Avi Arad, but not even Sam Raimi. But Amy Pascal is a major figure in Spider-Man films. She's a point person. You can't talk like this. If this is how she talks in public, how does sure. she talk in private? I know how she talks in private because I read the Sony Act. Amy Pascal has little regard for other people when it comes to the business. Hmm. So we got to roll on, but it's just frustrating and sad to see this. You know what else is frustrating and sad to see? Craven the Hunter trailer. <laughs> <laughs> Dude, I totally forgot to watch this. <laughs> Wait, there was a trailer? I thought it was just a poster. No, there's there a is trailer. a trailer. I no watched it with way. the sound off. Like I watched it in my Twitter feed, but I don't think there's much difference. Um, I, I can't believe this is coming out. I would <laughs> rather be in a submarine than know and watch this movie. It stars Aaron Taylor Johnson as Craven. You listen to him speak. He doesn't have an accent. I take the trailer off. I close the, I oh. close the trailer. I walk out of the theater. There's no way. He Craven the hunter. Accent. No accent. What? But, Rough. Go ahead. Where is he from? Russia. That's right. But his 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 last name is Kravenov. Yeah. You know, like, come on. But is this not his? Uh, his I'm I'm like live. Uh, is is his voice not? Oh, it's not. It's his dad who's got a Russian accent. Rus Russell, Russell Crowe Crow is playing his father. 
Russell Did you see Crow. Russell Crowe's tweet? Somebody tweeted like uh, Russell Crowe is a uh, father in every universe, and it was like yeah. Zeus. It was uh, uh, it was Zorel and and yep. Craven, and he's like, I'm fertile in every universe. I'm fertile in every universe. <laughs> and so the movie sets up. It's an origin of of Craven. It sets him up as a hero, at least in this particular movie. He's hunting down. You know, his he's hunting down his dad's mercenaries or whatever and trying to right the wrongs of his father, um, which is a cool concept for a character named something else, um, not Craven. He gets his powers from being bitten by a lion, which oh, is not even a radioactive lion. Maybe it was. I don't know. Cat scratch um, fever is a thing that gives you the pa- powers. I mean, hasn't worked for me yet. It gives you an infection. And, yeah. and, and someone pointed out uh, in our Discord server that, that Peter Parker got bit by a spider. So I guess the point was like, so what's the real difference? Um, the difference is that you don't need to do something that ridiculous. <laughs> I think you keep it simple. I don't want to see a guy get bit by a lion, survive, and become a god. That's that's nuts. Craven has an origin. He uses a serum that empowers him. But by himself, he is a dangerous hunter. That's the point of Craven to me. To me, the point of Craven is that he cheats because he uses the serum, which makes him less of a man in the world of being a hunter because he's supposed to be able to hunt without powers. But he takes the serum, it makes him crazy, and this is what he does. That's it, the point of Craven. It, Making it an accident that befalls yeah. him takes all of that out of the character. And also, like, Maybe the the serum thing is too close to Morbius, um, and that's why they didn't do that that origin. Mm. Um, but like, it, I agree, Sean. Like his whole thing is like he he overpowers himself, um, which I always thought it was weird that his name was Craven because like the definition of that word is like cowardly, if I'm correct, right? Like, Isn't it uh, like cruel like, or something. Uh, yeah, maybe I'm I'm wrong here, but um, I don't. Oh, the poster is nice. I'll give the poster. It looks like yeah. a great cosplay pick, you know. Uh, but villains aren't born; they're made. I just can't. I can't get over this. And then they show the rhino. Um, they show the rhino, like a dude transforming into the rhino. Yeah. What? That's that's insane. It just looked like he had a real bad case of gout in his in his arm, you know. Um, Top Lane says the the serum thing is only in the animated series. I don't think that's true. Just a quick Google search brings me to Wikipedia, and the first words are by regularly ingesting regularly ingesting the potion made from various unnamed jungle herbs. Craven grants himself superhuman physical abilities. That's it. He's a cheater. He yeah. did this to get powers. That's to me. That's the primal weakness of Craven, and that's what makes him interesting. It's a. It's to me. It's a metaphor for using guns to hunt and kill animals for sport. Oh, interesting. Yeah. Hey, you know what? He's hot, so I'll probably sell tickets. <laughs> well, I mean, the thing is, too, like Aaron Taylor Johnson is it, he specifically only takes one role a year that he said this out, you know, in interviews. Mm-hmm. Um, and his track record is pretty decent stuff. I think the most recent thing I saw him in was Bullet Train, and I really liked Bullet Train. I thought Bullet Train was great. Um, so like maybe there's something here. 
or maybe it's just a check, you know, like, I, I don't know. Uh, the, the, some, some C, is that what we're it's still called? Sony? Yep, some C. Some C. It is. Sony Universe of Marvel characters. It's something, that's for sure. <laughs> or Spider-Man Universe of Marvel characters, whatever it is. Some, yeah. something garbage. I, still uh, still surprised that this is even coming out. Like, and uh, at the beginning, it was funny because you get to see, like, looks like a dream of spiders yeah not, but he's not in the movie so like why make the illusion it's because they need to make that connection without ever having spider-man in the movie you know i'm just ready for madam web that's what i'm waiting for give me madam web no el muerto bro what are you talking about let's talk about el muerto because <laughs> that go. movie that movie ain't coming out nah chill come on craven got a trailer so it we got coming this out crappy, the way you wanted to we got this crappy trailer for craven Let's talk about El Muerto because the release date was scrapped, Marco. Oh, damn. I, I, okay. The release date was scrapped. So uh, Boris Kitt, who is of The Hollywood Reporter, tweeted the following. Item, El Muerto, Sony Spider-Man-themed Marvel movie that is supposed to star Bad Bunny, has been taken off the release calendar. It had been scheduled for January 12th, 2024 release. Fools. Fools the lot of you. According to Collider, it was set to begin filming in August of this year. Now, technically, that doesn't mean that it cannot begin filming in August. Being removed from the release date um, uh, uh, implies that it's just not making that release date. Personally, I don't think it will start filming in August. I think Bad Bunny is a very busy person, mm. and I don't think he can stop what he's doing to, to film this movie anytime soon. I read that he's left the movie already. Oh, I, I don't. I didn't read that. Yeah. Wow. Damn. Really. Or at least there's a rumor that he's he's just that he's off the movie, and there was also rumor like like uh Mercedes Monet was apparently uh circling yeah. a role too. Um. Mm -hmm. But what? That's crazy. Yo, th that that's the next step. That's the next thing that Bad Bunny needs. He's international superstar, musical superstar, international wrestling superstar. Now he needs <laughs> to be a international actor. Like, come on. He's done it. He was. He was in he was in the the movie. Yeah. Yeah. But but now but he needs sorry sorry he needs his lead. Okay. Well, they tried. This is clearly, in my opinion, this whole thing has been Bad Bunny's team, yeah, figuring out a way to get him into a superhero movie, and they found a character that fits who he is a rest a wrestling character from Spider Man's mythos, a character who had literally two appearances is the one that they decide they're going to use for him. <laughs> Yeah. It's 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 a whole PR stunt and it's not working. This movie ain't happening. Do, is uh is Sony Bad Bunny's record label like the, the Sony Music distribute Bad Bunny's oh, I music? Don't know. Maybe I'm not sure about that. That would make sense, but I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> Aaron Ruiz, good. We take that W. Get rid of it. Hell yeah. Damn. No, no dude. I was looking forward to this. I want a cool wrestling movie. Same. Hey, Shenran, did you get to hear your uh, your nickname and shout out? I was wondering if you had any thoughts. I'm, I, I was I was wondering if you uh, if you enjoyed it. Yeah, I I didn't I didn't need this movie. I'm glad it's not coming out. Let's be done with the villains origin movies, or or not even just villains, just any origin movies from Sony regarding Spider Man characters not named Peter Parker, Miles Morales, or Jessica Drew. Honestly, please, and even getting, Jessica Drew. Sorry? Is, is Silk still happening? Isn't that supposed to be one of them too? Amy Pascal has an agenda, and I'm not criticizing the agenda itself, but it is an agenda of making as many female-led Spider-Man superhero movies as possible. None of them 
have made it past production, early production, including Silver and Black, which was the <laughs> Silver Sable Black Cat movie, Silk, which is, you know, who knows if that'll happen, and Madam Web, which I think I don't I don't actually know what stage of production that movie is in. So I might be incorrect on that. But that's what she wants. I'm not criticizing that. That's great. Put something on the table. Put something good on the table. Because I don't think Silver and Black makes any sense. I don't think a Madam Web movie makes any sense. And a Silk movie barely makes sense. Just like a Craven movie doesn't make sense. A Morbius one doesn't make sense. None of these movies make sense. No, put it back on Mortal, bro. Yeah, the top top lane says uh, Morbius still made a profit, though. <laughs> <laughs> hey, he's not wrong. He's not wrong. Hmm? Uh, wrong. Flash. Uh, just, for, just for everybody's reference, Remus Entertainment, an independent Puerto Rican label. Is, Hell uh, yeah. There we go. Let's fucking go, dude. Keeping his, money, keeping his money home. Yeah, good. Amongst the people. All right. So. That leaves Secret Invasion. You know what I realized? Um, I totally forgot about this. I canceled my Disney Plus subscription, and I was hoping to use my parents because they have one. I I called them uh, yesterday, the day before, to be like, oh, hey, can I get the login? It's like, well, I, we canceled it because we thought we were going to use yours. I was like, hold, oh. on, hold on a second. Whoops. How does that work? We both forgot that we were using the other person's... Uh, oh. Login. So Who can you can trust? Am I right? <laughs> so, um, Tyler, did you get the chance to watch Secret Invasion? I did. Yeah, I watched the first thing on Wednesday. Yeah. Cool. Did it I was watch. a show. So, yeah, I, I think I think we should talk about the. Um, I think we should talk about the show itself first. You watched it? Yeah, I did. Okay. Um, what were your thoughts on the on the first episode? Uh, it it it, it kind of I kind of feels like the the Black Widow thing for me. It's a little too little too late for the character of Nick Fury. Um, nothing against Sam Jackson. That that scene with him and Olivia Coleman was great. Yeah, but the dude is old. Like I don't like. He is walking at a leisurely pace <laughs> most oh. of the show. Like I just can't really believe the action end of it. Um, I like Ben Mendelsohn a lot as t- as Talos. Um, and it's, this seems like it's going to be a Talos, Nick Fury, buddy cop espionage show. Like, got potential. Um, it. Uh, I don't want to spoil I, it because something yeah, big happens. Right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Something big does happen in the first episode, so I don't want to spoil it. But uh, I was like, eh, fine. It, it it didn't make me excited for the next episode, but I will watch mm-hmm. the next uh, no, we won't be spoiling anything on this. You guys watch it if you'd like to. I actually enjoyed it. Um, I found a lot to like. I'm still invested in Nick Fury's story. I've been curious as to like what he's been doing. We know that there's a there's been a Nick Fury running around who's a Skrull while the real Nick Fury was in space. This, um, you know, kind of addresses that to some degree. I thought the opening scene was hot. I thought that was a great opening sequence. Mm-hmm. Um, and I thought throughout it delivered on intrigue and it did deliver to some degree on the mystery of, you know, what Secret Invasion was about in the books, which is who do you trust? Um, I like that. My problem is that, first of all, it introduces, well, it reuses the idea of like the refugee squirrels. It brings that up again. 
And I think there's some complications in terms of the presentation of that. That's remind me of Falcon Winter Soldier. Um, <laughs> yeah. Right. And um, I also don't know how well this concept works when the characters who are allowed to be scrolls are not the characters we care about the most. Whereas in Secret Invasion, um, there were some pretty big reveals in the comic. There were some pretty major reveals that allowed it to feel exciting on that end and, you know, everything else. So this book, ha this series has to be compelling on its own, and it also has to deliver on the mystery promise of the Secret Invasion concept. So far, I think it's done both. Um, if you are a fan of the comic, this is not that. Don't expect nope. any of that for this. Yeah. No. Good. I haven't read it. Oh, really? Oh, interesting. Book club. Do it up. Gotta do it. Do it up. Um, so, you know, yeah, it was cool. I enjoyed it. I had no real issues with it. What I accept the intro. So if you haven't seen the intro to Secret Invasion and you don't know anything about it, it's not a spoiler to tell you that the intro was AI generated. Now, full disclosure, I knew that already before I watched it. So I knew what I was seeing. But if I didn't know, I'm pretty sure I would have at least thought something was a little bit fucky. Yeah. Because it doesn't look right. To me, it doesn't look right. My brain would instantly go, oh, this is AI generated, not, oh, they went for an impressionistic approach to this. <laughs> like, that's not what Marvel would do. It felt like if you've seen AI art, it felt like what would come out if you put in Secret Invasion comic books, scrolls, aliens, and Nick Fury, and and politics, and green. If you wrote all that yeah. to Chad GPT, yeah. this is what would be spit out. In in the style of a Windows 95 WinApp player visualizer. <laughs> Because that's what I was getting. I'm like, oh man, I can. I'm listening to Lincoln Park while watching this. All right, cool. That's hilarious, dude. I remember that. Oh yeah, you got to get the skins, man. Skins? Oh, you could get skins for your WinNet player. You get some, for real some cool stuff. Yeah, yeah. What? Like what? Oh, whatever. There were mostly like uh, there was one that was like the Napster head. There was like yeah, you can get. There was a whole bunch. You can go oh, on different websites and do it. Um. So this was pretty disgusting. All right. It was disgusting because right now we're in the midst of a big conversation about what the role of AI in society. And it started in the arts, I feel. I feel like most of the conversation is, is in the arts. And we already know there's a big fear about artists, creators in general, losing their jobs to AI. And um, Marvel has been chided for their treatment of their visual effects people. Um, for years, and it blew up, especially um, earlier this year and last year, surrounding the conversation um, with uh, Ant-Man and the Wasp Quantumania. So this is the worst possible time that they could have done something like this. To make matters worse, uh, we learned from the Polygon article, executive producer... And director Ali Salim said he didn't even know much about what AR what AI art is. Uh, he said, "quote 
he doesn't really understand how the artificial intelligence works. We would talk to them about ideas and themes and words, and then the computer would go off and do something. And then we would change it a little bit by using words, and it would change. (laughs) (laughs) Yo, my dude got it. He figured it out. Genius. That kind of like uh of like being in it but not knowing how it works reminds me of that uh you ever see that video of a guy at a he interviews a guy at a at a festival. Um and he goes up to this guy, he says, How many genders are there? Uh and the guy goes, I don't know, I just got here. <laughs> <laughs> it's like that same kind of like you don't you're lost in the sauce, buddy. You don't know what's going on. Just walked into a situation. Yeah. Yes. Um, and yeah, as Top Lane says, especially with the strike that's going on right now, this yep. is like crazy that they did this. Now, Method Studios uh, is the studio that 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 did this, um, and they've also worked with Marvel on things like Miss Marvel, Loki, and Moon Knight. Um, they didn't respond to Polygon, but they did issue a statement to the Hollywood Reporter where they said, "quote." Um, uh uh no artistic jobs no artist jobs were replaced by incorporating these new tools well check out my next slide then because <laughs> um, <laughs> i took uh, the uh, someone on twitter took a comparison of the main titles credits for secret invasion compared to miss marvel um and there's about 40 different names 40 extra names on the uh, miss marvel opening credits proof is in the pudding yeah yeah, load of <laughs> Like you're just straight up lying at them. Yeah. Yeah. They had a vision. They wanted to use AI art to, or AI generated images, whatever. Um, They wanted to get across the idea that you don't know what you're looking at when you watch the show. Because you think you're looking at stuff that was done by artists, but it wasn't. It was done by AI. Just like you might think you're looking at, for example, Nick Fury, but he's really a scroll. Mm. Um, great idea. Wrong time. <laughs> wrong time. And I don't know that there will ever be a time to do this. Dang, but I don't. My question. Yeah, like maybe, maybe not. But now is definitely not the right time. Yeah, it's it's it doesn't even look good. You know, like a uh, King King Jachala twenty seven in the TikTok. Uh, I mentioned, uh, where is it? Uh, it shows once again that AI is like fabricated furniture. It's not as good. I can, I can, I, I compared it to the Ikea of art. <laughs> Build it yourself. Yeah. I genuinely have come to the conclusion over the last six months, and maybe I should have realized this a long time ago. I think that business people, studio heads, executives, not all of them, but Clear, in my opinion, clearly a lot of them actively don't like artists and creators. I think that if they could, they would put them all in a submarine and let everything be done by AI. I genuinely believe that. I don't think they give a shit about the jobs that were uh, lost as a result of using AI for this intro sequence. I don't think they give a shit about the artists from across the Spider-Verse that quit or the ones that stayed. By the way, just because only 100 quit doesn't mean that 500 didn't want to. But guess what? 
all 1,000 plus people have families that they have to pay or that they have to feed. You can't always just quit. No. And think about how AI art was uh, marketed, you know, when it, you know, the, the advent of it, which was only this year, really, you know, which is a few wild. months ago. Yeah. Marco's like, oh, I don't think it's going to you know, happen anytime soon. Yeah. Bullshit, Marco. Um, but think about how that was marketed. It was uh, taking the idea of art to the everyman, you know, when really it's just like, oh, I'm bad at art and I hate that I'm bad at art. And I want that, you know, I, it, it's almost stolen valor for artists. Um, but it, there is a side of it where it's just like, not everyone could do it. Not everyone should do it, you know, but yeah. not everyone should uh, get into a submarine either. You know what I mean? Like not everything needs to be for everyone. Right. And by the way, there's, there's a, there's making art. You don't have to be talented to make art. Sure. You have to be exactly. human and you have to have passion and desire. That's all that's required. When you're a little kid, and you're, I used to draw like Squirtle and Pikachu. Same. You know, I used to draw Pokemon battles when I was a kid. It wasn't great. It was art. So I don't understand why people have this disdain for creative people. Get over it. You do other things really great. Hey, David Zaslav put together a wonderful 90 Day Fiance universe. <laughs> Big props. Oh, Enjoy yeah. your boats and planes. That's stay in your lane. What's the big deal? The 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 the, the uh, incursion, I guess, is the nice nice you know analogy to use here. But the incursion of business and art always ends in an incursion. You prioritize you prioritize <laughs> yeah. business in in those scenarios. Dan, that was not a sub reference. I did not reference the submarine. <laughs> I was saying, I said a boat. I, 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 I referenced. Oh, you, okay. Yeah, well, right. he was, he counted me at four. I'm like, wait a second, four. I thought I was at three, <laughs> which by the way, I don't actually find a lot of joy or, or humor in this, in the, the deaths of the people sure. in the submarine. I think that I don't laugh at death um, personally, but the idea of generically, you know, getting in a submarine and just, and that's just being the end. You know. It almost feels like this is like a new jump the shark moment of uh, right. Yes, <laughs> of reality. Yes, a a absolutely, yeah. absolutely. And maybe that should be a drinking game. Okay, Dan, you're right. You're right. Um, look, I know that people are gonna not watch Secret Invasion as a result of this. That's your right. Sure, I get it. Um, I think Marvel made a big mistake. They can't afford bad press right now, and they just took on a heap of it. Do you think they're working right now and making artists crunch to come up with an opening credits? <laughs> Yikes. I think they're going to write it out. It doesn't, it doesn't sure. cost the money because the, frankly, these shows don't make the money. Yeah. And what is the, the buzz around this ends after this weekend, you know, unfortunately. Yeah. yeah it's sad. <laughs> Dan says, no, the Zuckerberg Musk cage fight is when we jump the shark. <laughs> Top lane says Sean is deeply sorry for them. Yeah. That, yes, yes, yes. My my sorrow for them knows no bounds. The bout of the century. It's uh, near, far, wherever they are, Sean has sorrow. Yeah. There's no depth to my anguish for them. Um, All right. We promised a draft. Only for 35. Oh, was it? Was, was it? it was 30. 60. It was okay. 30. And we and we made it. It started at twenty, so we crushed it. Honestly, 
And if you're listening after live, keep hitting the like button. Let's hit a record. I don't Big know burners. what a record is, but let's hit a, let's hit a record. Sorry? Make burners. Big that burners. against TOS? Make burner oh. accounts and just keep liking it. You know, I don't know. Oh, 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 make burner. Yeah, yeah, why not? Yeah, absolutely. So you guys know how the draft goes. We're going to draft, in this case, six characters because we are drafting a Sinister Six to defeat Spider-Man. That's a tall order. That is a very tall order. The Sinister Six have not had a lot of success in that vein, but <laughs> we are going to try to put one together that can defeat them. We each get one character. If a character is picked, that character is off the board. No one else can pick them. So we are going to have to use our knowledge of Spider-Man's villains to get through this together. And hopefully one of us, according to the audience, can craft a team that can defeat Spider-Man. We will, because of complaints, be adjusting the draft a little bit to do a snake draft where whoever drafts last gets two picks. So if Tyler, Ooh. say, were to lose again. or to roll last, again, then he would draft, and then he would draft again, and then it will be Marco, then me, for example. Oh, okay. Hopefully that makes sense. Um, so I yeah. do have a question. Okay. What is the... Uh, I guess like like juggernaut, Spider Man villain, X Men villain. They have to be a villain that is considered to be a Spider Man villain. They were created to fight Spider Man specifically. Their first appearance was in a Spider Man comic. You know that kind of criteria. Okay, interesting. Okay, I'm sure if there are ones that we say that we'll just you know agree or disagree on. So. Right, we'll we'll debate it. I'm just gonna trust all of your words. All right. Uh, so well, Legatus Vaith says, is Paul off the chart? Is Paul an option? <laughs> if, if Paul, whoever drafts Paul probably wins, to be honest. <laughs> um, all right. If we're all on the same page, then let's run it. Here you are my dice. dice. I unfortunately don't, but I do have X-Men dice or okay. Avengers dice that we okay. will use because, of course, Spider-Man is an Avenger. Uh, <laughs> and I will now... Oh, okay. Show you guys Ooh, my God. table. You got pants and on. I am, I am roll. Of course, I have pants on. And I'm rolling. This is for Marco. It is a nine. Ooh, solid. All right. Now I will roll for Tyler. Guys, it is a seven. Okay. Just to, okay. Just to prove right. it, it's a seven. And now I will roll for me. It is a nine as well. <gasps> So Ty. now Marco and I will roll off. Tyler, I seven. don't know how to throw it <laughs> With the um, seven. Mar Marco and I will roll off. Marco, I'll roll for you first. Come on, baby. An 11. Woo! And for myself. Shit. A seven. So Marco will go first. Yes. I will go second. And as ever, Tyler will go last. But Why? I get two picks. You get two picks. Okay. So if you're ready, Marco, you're up. Out the gate. We're starting out strong. The Green Goblin. Ouch. All right, Marco with Green Goblin. I am going to choose Carnage. Ooh. All right. I will pick Dr. Octopus. This is brutal. This is my pick. <laughs> Dr. Octopus is mine. And... I'm going to choose 
Craven, Doctor Octopus, and Craven. Aaron Taylor Johnson's Craven or Craven Craven? I'm just <laughs> kidding. Uh, Marco. Sandman. Venom. Yeah. You just you just you gotta pick Spider Side next, Sean. <laughs> yes. Uh, you're up again, Sean. Are you? Isn't this how, no. how this works? Uh, I thought it was you get two two every time. I, but, then I, a, but then he's ahead. Yeah, I would be he's ahead. So like twice. I think it was snaking. That means since you're back at oh. the bottom. Oh, so I. Oh, okay. So I, I draft. Well, then twice. screws Marco up. But <laughs> okay. So then, then in that case, I will draft Moreland. Moreland. Okay. To do I go? So then it would be Tyler, right? I'm confused. Now okay. I'm confused about this. Marco, stuff. go. I'll I'll handle it. Marco, okay. go. Uh, Mysterio. Very good. Tyler. Or, yeah, Tyler. We got Moreland, Carnage, Venom. Yeah. And we got Mysterio, Sandman, Green Goblin. Mm-hmm. And I have Craven and Dr. Octopus. So, hmm. Who do I throw in there? I need some muscle. Ooh. You got, you got an idea for me? <laughs> uh, I'm going to throw Electro in mine. Very good. Marco go. Kingpin. Oh. All right. I'm okay with that. Yeah. Yeah, I think that well, yeah, I I, I would I would agree with I that. I believe yeah. he shows up first yeah. in Spider-Man as well. Um I'll go. Uh I will choose Hydro Man. That's just a Sean pick. Yeah. Uh <laughs> Tyler go twice. I go twice. Okay, so I'm picking Hobgoblin. Damn. Yes. Uh, so I got Electro, Doctor, Raven, Hobgoblin. And. This is a fun one. Uh, there's a lot more than I thought. Mm-hmm. Um, oh, I gotta. I gotta. It's Morbin time, baby. Morbius. Oh, no. Let's do it. Okay. I'm getting that well, some C universe going on my side. Doing it right. Now I gotta think. Hold on. Oh, uh, oh my god. Who's the guy? Hammerhead. Okay. Okay, yeah, you're sure. going for a ground level. I'm naming people I know at this point. Let's <laughs> <laughs> not give me let's not give me credit. Uh and then I will draft twice. And then that finishes you, right? Yes. Wait, how many do I have left? You have five. Oh, okay. Or I'm sorry, you have one left. Yeah, <laughs> Five okay. left. Uh, so I will take. Yes, this is when it gets uncomfy. Um, you gotta know heavy be... hitters have some fun, Sean. <laughs> I don't want to have fun. Um, Lizard still free, you know. <laughs> yeah, uh, I will draft. I will draft. Harry Osborn, Green Goblin. Wait, what? No, why not? We did, we did, we did fucking John Stewart, Green Lantern, and fifty-seven thousand Green Lanterns. Yeah, but he picked Hobgoblin. Is is he not? No, Hobgoblin is multiple different characters, but not Harry. Hey, no cheating. What? I'm Look just opening up my Marvel encyclopedia. encyclopedia. He's literally <laughs> opening an encyclopedia. Chat, I was going to open it. 
in the first Harry, random Spider-Man character I get. Is is Harry Osborn valid? Nah, bro. That those waves aren't valid, bro. Dude, isn't Kristen your cousin? <laughs> yeah. Okay, she says, wait, but can't you pick other versions of the same character because it's technically a collusion, different person? Collusion? We're not, Wait, I don't know so, her. So, She's not so, in my life. So then Tyler, Tyler can just say, oh, I'm picking Harry Osborn Hobgoblin. But there's no Harry Osborn Hobgoblin to my Oh, knowledge. is there not? I, if there is, I'm not aware of it. Uh, I think at one point. Oh, okay. I'm going to pick Ultimate, Ultimate Green Goblin. <laughs> Actually, all right, that's all right. what I was thinking. Fine. If you guys are against it, then I, I won't I won't uh I won't pick Harry. <laughs> I will draft the lizard. The lizard. People people are saying I'm valid, but it's fine, it's, it's, fine, it's fine, fine. We'll give it to you, we'll give it to you, we'll give it to you. Hop, right. So you got Harry, Harry Osborne. Wait, Green Goblin, Harry Osborne Harry Osborne. lizard. I'm gonna go if the if the audience is saying I'm valid, then I want my pick. I want Harry. Then I'll take the lizard. Okay. I got one last pick, right? Even though I was supposed to go twice. But you, but that's good. You got Lizard. No, but didn't you have all of yours? No. One, two, three, four, five. I, I don't have a six. I have Carnage, Venom, Moreland, Hydro Man, and Green Goblin. Oh. But that's okay. You got you got your six. Tyler, go ahead. I got one left, right? Just, just yeah. one? Because I think you can power him up. Let me, let me get away from the microphone. Uh-oh. Shocker! <laughs> uh, yo, you, you, you said that just as classy Ulysses says. What about Shocker? Yeah, yeah. What about him? Throwing uh, throw gonna... uh, Herman, Herman uh, on my team. My last pick is a character that I thought would have gone a lot sooner. The spot. Damn it! No! No, the character Marco knows. <laughs> I mean, Marco. There's an interesting pick in the in the in the chat there, but I I saw somebody say something about El Muerto, like Vulture, the Burglar. Don't know who that yeah. is. The Burglar. Fancy, Fancy the bur- Dan's still free. The Burglar is the guy that killed Uncle Ben. That is a primary antagonist <laughs> for Peter Parker's Spider Man. <laughs> what about Bonesaw? Is he available? <laughs> Bone saw is ready. I got you for three minutes. Hey, three minutes base. of playtime. And then, and then Spider Man says that homophobic stuff. He's like, Would your boyfriend yeah. get you that? Like, all right, dude. Yeah, yeah, yeah. What if he did? All right. <laughs> all right. So let me recap the teams. Marco chose Green Goblin, Norman Osborne, Sandman, Mysterio, Kingpin, Hammerhead, and Lizard. I chose Carnage, Venom, Morlin, Hydro Man, Green Goblin, Harry Osborn, and Spot, while Tyler chose Doc Ock, Craven, Electro, Hobgoblin, Morbius, and the Shocker. So, nice. audience, listeners, it is up to you. Which team can beat Spider Man? Which team? Probably none of them, realistically, right? Realistically. Yeah, yeah. But which team? can come the closest to defeating Spider-Man. Sound not off. To, let us know. Not to skew the vote. I'm just saying, you just you have one one bell near Sean's team and half of them's done. And one bell. Mm, not against Carnage. Yes, he's a he's a, he's weak against Sonic. Is he still? Because he's evolved. I believe so. Yeah, I think they used it in the Rom, Rom, v, Rom V's run. They used oh, that okay. a bit, yeah. 
Oh, I think I, I think I remember that. Okay, well, you know, hey, Carnage and Venom alone, Moreland alone, Moreland alone was enough to absolutely shit on Spider Man during JMS's run. I'm just saying. I, what just, is your opinion on Moreland? Uh, I don't care about that character anymore. Yeah, me neither. I don't like him. Yeah. Yo, they they I, overdid it. Especially after the stuff that we read. Depowered. He's a, he's a chump. I'm just saying, yeah. I'm I'm I got the guy on my team, one of the one of the few guys to actually kill Peter Parker. I'm just saying. Uh who? Dr. Octopus. He ain't killed no Peter Parker. What you mean? He he killed your enthusiasm for him. That is true. That <laughs> is actually true. He well, he killed my interest in that comic book, but not the character. All right, so let's see. What are the what are the people saying? Let's get the votes in. Uh, I, see, I see two uh, two Marcos. Uh huh. I see three. What four for me? One, two, three, four. Yeah. Hydro uh, Man plus Carnage is done. What's with the Hydro Man love? Me. I don't get. Like, why is he so? How could you not love? Are you kidding me? You don't I love don't, Hydro Man? The dude has no aspirations. His power set is immense he's probably a mega level mutant power set but he doesn't do anything dude he wants mary jane <laughs> it's legal in new york you could go to any shop <laughs> no he wants the redhead mary jane and i know oh, that's God. only in the in the animated series but uh yeah i mean this looks like it looks like a sean win but we'll we'll see what tiktok yeah yeah we'll see we'll see what tiktok has to say they are of course very vicious uh someone had a great team uh, Legatus Vaith avoided our picks and went with Mephisto, Jackal, Kane, Chasm, Molten Man, and Hobgoblin with Paul on the side. Nice. I'd maybe argue against Mephisto because, mm, but everyone else, Jackal, Kane, Chasm, it's like, all right, let's do the Clone Sock. This, this is like, hey, all those runs everyone hates, let's do a team about those characters. Right? <laughs> well, t- I think technically Mephisto's first appearance was in Spider-Man. Hey. I I uh, think well, that's true. So, um, uh, nobody picked Paul the, though. Surprise nobody me. technically picked Paul. I should have picked Paul. Your team was and strong so, enough. You you had yeah, room to to put. Paul. I could. I didn't need. A, I didn't need Harry Osborn. I should have just picked Paul. You could have put Zeb Wells. Oh, wow! This Ooh. team is Hydro Man's path to greatness. I agree, Dan. Uh, Kristen, he wants Mary Jane's cheeks. <laughs> yes, that is what Hydro Man is after. He's that runs the family, cheeks. huh? Jeez. Yep. <laughs> but what's he gonna do with her with, with the cheeks? He's he's made of water. He's gonna clap him, bro. Yo. Like he gets it wet. <laughs> <laughs> all right. But what about never mind. No, uh, can he like all right, I'll ask I'll I'll ask this in a way that will not anger you two. Okay. Can Hydro Man have children because of the consistency, right? Mm Because of the water amount. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Is it diluting what it is that he would be making the children? First of all, I don't think he cares about that. Oh. Secondly, is that dude that that dude's a squirter? (laughs) (laughs) I think you got that right. Yeah. I think you got that right. <laughs> oh man, what a fun episode, guys! We need a Hydro Man, Aquaman squirt off. <laughs> Who can send it the farthest? 
<laughs> Listen, you don't have to have powers to play that game. Sitting like, in the splash zone there. Oh, that's disgusting. <laughs> uh, one of my friends saw Aquaman 1 in uh, 40X or Yo. whatever. And he talk about the splash zone. Bro, it was like oh, me and on, on, on Bourbon Street. It's sprayed. <laughs> hey, I went to Bourbon Street and I get, I didn't get sprayed. You gotta go to the right, you gotta go to the right places. My game with ping pong ball at the same time. Tyler. I'm not Dan. saying anything. <laughs> Dan says, end the show now. I'm afraid of where this <laughs> is going. All right, you're right. You know, Dan Dan is very much the voice of reason around here. Yeah. He is right. We're clearly devolving. So we will bring the show to a close. Uh, I agree with Legatus Vaith. Get those last likes in before the show ends. So if you enjoyed the draft, definitely hit that like button. Let us know that you enjoy this. We're, we do this every week. So as long as we hit the likes goal, we'll do a draft and we'll have some fun with you guys at the end of the show or wherever we fit it in. I, I dread the end of the year when it's a legion of superheroes draft and like none of us is like, shit, uh, um, 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 arm fell off, boy. <laughs> uh, I'm going to be like, uh, Superman. Got him. Got the one. Because he was there. Was he not there? I don't know. Uh, I thought he was. Young Superman was, yeah. Yeah, Yeah. I'm, I'm drafting him. Technically, draft- he was Superboy at the time. I'm yeah. drafting him because that's the only character I know. Wow, not taking Brainiac. Interesting. Didn't know he was a part of that team. So apparently he would scoop up. But in any event, uh, thank you guys so much for all of your support today. It's been a lot of fun. Uh, Further support. Again, like any amount of support is great. Watching the video, leaving us likes is fantastic. I see that like counter going up. You guys are amazing. Um, Any support is great. The absolute best way to support the show is by heading to patreon.com slash thecomicspals. We have things on offer for every dollar amount, every tier. We think we're offering you value. We think we're offering you great stuff. Take it from the other people that are on our Patreon that seem to enjoy it, that have been loyal. So many of the people that are there have been there for a while. Um, and it really is amazing. And I'm so thankful for all the support. It's it's, it's beautiful. Um, if you want to join them, we give you a lot for it. So at least check out our Patreon page and see what we're doing. Tyler, you had something to add? No, I just there's some there's actual good uh, um, choices for Legion characters in the chat. Oh, oh, no, like yeah, uh, totally I, Supergirl. I, I didn't even know that. I would Monel. Monel is a great character. Yeah, I would feel like Marco Mon-El? if we did Legion of Superheroes. I'd feel like Marco. Damn, we would all be on the same footing in that. No, case. Kale, would, Kale would sweep. Kale would, Yo, yeah, Kale Kale would sweep. Yeah, easy. We, we can't do it if Kale's on the show. It's just unfair. Yeah. <laughs> um, so yeah, Patreon. If you want to watch this show live, you can do that every single Saturday at 10.15 a.m. Eastern. Thursdays at 6 p.m. for Pals Polls. Vote in the listener poll, which is up now. If you enjoyed the vibe of this stream, what happened, Tyler? Atomicon said I hiked six miles during the show. What? Damn. Yo, damn. That's what I could have been doing instead of sitting here like this. Technically, you can. I'm controlling the show, so you can technically host a show while hiking. As long as you got just internet get, connection. Just, you just get a, a standing desk and one of those like uh, treadmills and you're good. Yeah. You got you got damn. the mics with you. You could do it. I do want to get a standing desk. Now. <laughs> That's a great point. Um, join our Discord server if you enjoyed the vibe, if you enjoyed the interactivity with the audience, with the listeners. 
that's what our Discord is like every day. Um, it's very informative, it's helpful, but it's also a lot of fun. And it's free from the toxicity and drama that you find, unfortunately, in a lot of other comics communities. We don't have that. So um, thanks for keeping us sucker free. Appreciate you all. Tokyo Ghost Book Club is out July 4th. Tilly Walden will be joining us next Saturday. Get your questions or comments in to be up to win a copy of Clementine, which is the Walking Dead spinoff book. Fantastic. So we will be giving a copy of that away next week. Let's hit the plugs. Marco, you're up. Thank you so much for tuning in to another episode of The Comics Pals. This episode, 349. Next week, Tilly is going to be on 350. Let's go. Um, yeah, thank you so much for listening. You can find me at Mr. Marco Nomoto on Instagram and Twitter. I'm talking about... I've only been reading Swamp Thing. Uh, as many of you will know, I've been doing a sort of retrospective on different runs uh, this past week on my newsletter, I did the first half of Nancy Collins' run on Swamp Thing issues 110 to 139. Um, I only made it halfway just because there's a lot there that's specific to the stuff that she introduces, the way she changes the character, and the next part is actually going to be tying into the change and transition to Vertigo because that happened in the middle of her run and how she sort of owned some of those pieces that I've been doing a bit of research on that. So stay tuned. Um, and then new 52 Swamp Thing is the thing afterwards. So I'll have a separate post on that. Um, that's it. That's what I'm reading. Uh, so, uh, so I'm yacht. Um, <laughs> uh, I, I got really nothing going on. Um, I'm going to open up to a random page of the Marvel Encyclopedia, though. See who we got. Well, let's see what we got oh, here. Oh, that's fun. That's fun. I like All that. Right. Uh, and we got Jean Grey. What? Yes! Look at that. She got a double pager. Hey. Of course she does. She's the greatest. Look at her. Can you put that up? Look at that. That's so beautiful. Yeah, it's pretty cool. Yeah. I like to just... This is a great book. I, I would uh, recommend this. Like, if you have kids. Like, just like... I would have killed to have this as a kid. Um, I had my dad's old copies of, like, uh, Son of Origins, the Stan Lee. I actually have it here. Like it's it's yellowed and everything. It's like the uh, the son. Of, it's not the origins, but this one does like Daredevil, Iron Man, uh, X Men, and stuff. Uh, and it's old. It's the original printing. I think it's considered the first graphic novel, um, or or trade for Marvel. So um, fun. But the encyclopedia is great. I just like opening up to random pages. Sometimes it's just fun That's to cool. see what you get. Like I got a. a I want to get a weird one, not Jean Grey. Um, I opened a Jean Grey again. What was I doing? Um. Yeah, this one, I got Crow, one of the Eternals villains. So, like, you just see nice. weird stuff like that. Random. Yeah. Uh, but, yeah, I got nothing. Follow me on Twitter, Instagram, the Tyler Olson. Sodom Yacht. As for me, I will be uh, on Twitter and Instagram, at Sean Soapbox. Uh, I'll be watching The Forbidden Door tomorrow, AEW pay-per-view, AEWX New Japan. So that should be a lot of fun. Can't wait for that. Um, other than that, just getting ready for the Tilly Walden conversation. It's going to be a lot of fun, and I can't wait. So hopefully we'll see you then. Get your questions or comments in so that we can send you a copy of Clementine. Very excited for that. Thank you for making this an incredible episode. We appreciate you. We love you. We will be back next week. Until then, we're the Comics Pal signing off. Take care, guys.
So do Meow. See you next week. Bye.